welcome to the Dojo Talk Podcast. Please remove them shoes before entry. Sam Master is here, and you still have not taken off your shoes. Every day to define man's mission yeah. Look into the sky for divine transmission yeah. Deaf man's vision makes the blind man listen yeah. Eyes on the prize, this is blind ambition Thank you. Welcome to another edition of the Dojo Talk Podcast I'm your host, Serial Sensei We are on episode number 123 As always, you can listen to this podcast on SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes If you're on iTunes, please rate, subscribe, and leave a review can also listen to us on spotify you can hit us up on social media at the dojo talk podcast facebook page as well as the dojo talk podcast instagram page which i have been a little bit active on posting videos and such so go check that out um send emails to dojo talk podcast at yahoo.com um, and you can follow me on twitter at serial sensei if you choose to do so um, as always, of course, I'm joined with my co-host, Antaku. What's going on, man? Bleacher Report just sent me a thing that Drake actually boxed, and it's a video of him working out with somebody, and it looks awful. Oh, who's boxing? Drake. Oh, I, did, I saw that video this morning. In the scorpion sweater. Yeah. <laughs> I did see that this morning. <laughs> Like chin all the way up in the air, no extension. He looked hunched over. Yeah, like he looks like he has a bad back. Yeah, <laughs> his stance looked like he was an old man. But you know, I guess everybody everybody's got to start somewhere. <laughs> you know, he's he's trying. He's trying. I mean, yeah, but like what's Khalifa brought sun, uh, Sunshine to teach him how to you know do Muay Thai? Drake bought in uh some guy I don't know who it was. <laughs> it's the security guards holding pads, you know, just to try to make them look good. Um, we are recording this uh, on Monday on President's Day. Kind of mad because the one day I needed to go to the post office, uh, they're closed. So, um, but I'm kind of happy. I guess that's one less adulting thing I have to worry about today. Um, I have a lot of adulting to do today that I don't really want to do but such is life so on and so forth right um <laughs> but um we're here a lot of fights to to talk about it's, it's been um a weekend um of mma and the mma gods definitely i don't know man i don't know what we did to piss them off but boy they they were in full effect this weekend and they were not happy <laughs> we, had, we didn't do jack. It, it was it was all those fighters. Just uh, they, yeah. they, I don't know. Maybe they didn't spill enough blood. Like I I, I don't know. It was just not, not a good weekend. Yeah, we 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 were handed a stiff punishment. Um, and the thing is, like it was across like all promotions. Like <laughs> like no, there might have been like one normal card this entire weekend. Every I think um who, who had a um. LFA had a card on Friday. I think LFA and one, which I, I I just forgot about one championship until now. Those might have been the only two cards that were like normal this weekend. Everybody else, if you had an event, you the MMA gods came down to your event and they cursed you. 
Since we're not gonna talk about it later, that poor man from Cage Warriors. Oh my god! And uh, I, I was I was watching that live because I was home and I didn't have much else to do, so I turned on Cage Warriors. I think I turned it on just in time for like the co-main event and the main event. Um, they they put on like pretty decent cards, but yeah, um, I don't remember the gentleman's name. Sofian Bukachow. Something like that. I remember, yeah, I remember his last name was really hard to pronounce. He is French. Um, yeah, he had a, an Anderson Silva Wadman moment, and it was bad. Like <laughs> it was when he threw the kick, it just it sounded so, like a shotgun I, went off. Yeah, no, I, I heard somebody filmed it from like inside the um inside the arena, and uh, I, I haven't seen the actual like break like. The, the, the TV production one because I heard that one I was just like yeah, nope yeah. I don't need to see this yeah it's not good not good what's uh, with legs breaking so much recently like I think it's like it was such a normal like he just threw a kick it got checked and like you, you could just tell it was bad just the, the impact that it yeah. made and then like when he went to pull his leg back it just like ugh like your leg's not supposed to do that um, right but I, I hope he's okay man because that that was nasty um, I mean, he's probably not. Yeah. <laughs> Hopefully, like, I mean, yeah, you're, you're going to be sidelined for a while, but, like, you know, ho- hope you heal up okay, you know. I hope you can walk again. Right. Like, <laughs> I hope you can fight again eventually because... Because he's just some random dude from France. Like, he's not Anderson Silva or... Um, he probably have, like, a, a war chest for this type of thing. Yeah. Or, or some insurance the, to fall back on. Like this dude is probably doing it between shifts at like his job. Yeah, and that that is that's uh that's rough. Uh, but before we get started, uh, got to shout out to listeners. Thank you guys. No matter where you're listening, Tumblr, Twitter. I guess I can say Instagram now. <laughs> We're posting videos on there, and people have been responding. So wherever you're listening, man, appreciate you guys. Um, top cities of the week. Number one, Brooklyn, New York. Number two, the Bronx, New York. Number three, Uniontown, Ohio. Number four, Everett, Washington. And number five, glad glad to see you guys on the list, Cairo, Egypt. Um, if I had a round of applause, I'd give you guys a round of applause. But pre- appreciate you guys in Cairo. <laughs> don't know why you're here, but don't leave. Mm. We appreciate you. Why is anyone here? Right. <laughs> when when the, this sport is it, such a slap in the face. Yeah. This, a, this every is, week. This this weekend was the confirmation that um like MMA is a sport that does not love you, and it, it will never love you. Um, it's it's just one of them relationships. You just kind of got to deal with it. Um, but before we get into all the fights, which there are a ton, um, it's probably gonna be a pretty jam packed episode. Um, but Firstly, a few just news and notes for the week. Um, it has not been the busiest week, but there was one major fight um, announcement. But I'm just from the top of my notes, and I'll work my way down, and we'll get to what we get to. Um, so a couple of these announcements are actually fights I think that we've mentioned before, but now they're like official, official, like they're you know contract signed. We got events named, so uh, some of these might be rehashes. But running from the top. Uh, Johnny Walker 
uh, officially is stepping in at short notice to fight Misha Serkinov at UFC 235. Uh, John Lineker versus Corey Sanhagen has been rebooked for the UFC on ESPN3 card. Uh, the GOAT, David Branch, will be fighting Jack Hermanson at UFC on ESPN2. Roxanne Modafferi versus Antonina Shevchenko will be going down at UFC St. Petersburg. Uh, Michelle Prezeres versus Ismail Nardiv, if I'm saying that right, uh, will be going down at UFC Prague. Luis Pena will be making his featherweight debut at, Steve, um, at UFC Nashville versus Steven Peterson. And just other, that's for UFC, that's all I got for fight announcements. For quick news notes. Um, Dustin Ortiz is now a free agent. Uh, his last fight was the split decision loss to uh, Joseph Benavidez. Um, according to him, he is now a free agent. Um, not sure if he's gotten any offers yet, but you know we'll keep an eye out on that. Because I think from the article I read, he pretty much echoed the same sentiment that a lot of us have. That it seems like for the UFC, the writing's kind of on the wall for flyweight. Um, Apparently, the only reason anybody's still around is you know they're either they're they're coming off a win, or they're make, they're married to Megan O'Leary, so <laughs> you know we'll we'll keep an eye on him. I hope he can can find another uh you know another another organization to to go to, um and a, just a quick update on Robert Whitaker, um as y'all know he had to pull out of the Gaston fight because of the hernia. Um from what I've read as an update, um he is out of the hospital. Um, apparently, though, they're saying he's still going to be in pain. Like, he won't be able to do much outside of walking for, like, six weeks. Um, but he's looking to return in June, uh, sometime around that time, which Gaslam people said is perfect because Gaslam was looking to fight again either in, like, June or July. So hopefully that, you know, fight ends up being a thing. We'll we'll keep an eye on that. But, you know, glad Whitaker's you know, out of the hospital. Uh, best of luck on the recovery. Um, biggest fight announcement this weekend uh, actually came from Bellator, and I was really excited for this. I've wanted to see this fight for a very long time. Um, this was actually, now I think about it, this was on, on our award show. This was on my MMA wish list for 2019, and barring injury and any, you know, catastrophic whatever's that could happen, I'm going to get it. Patricio Pitbull, Michael Chandler. Is, is, that's the thing now. It's official, and it will be going down at Bellator 221. Uh, Patricio will be moving up a division, so the lightweight title will be on the line. So <clears throat> that should be awesome. Um, I just like to point out, like none of these champion versus champion fights have been in, like, dare I say, good. Like, like the closest to good they've been so far is like DC versus Stipe and, um. I guess Amanda knew that cyborg. Like you go back to, all the way to um, McGregor Alvarez, and it's kind of just a one-sided schlubbing by the, the the guy. Most of the time, the guy moving up. How do you think this one goes? See, th- they're both wacky fighters in that they get hurt seemingly in every fight. Uh, again, I don't mean like uh, like the, the, like you know they get rocked or something like. Like they they get injured, or they put themselves like they end up losing like the last five minutes of a fight, like Michael Chandler did against um Benson Henderson. Like, <clears throat> like I don't know. There's just like an innate wackiness to what they do. So like I could see Michael Chandler just taking 
uh, Pitbull down for four rounds and then getting caught in a guillotine <laughs> or like Pitbull like kicks him in the leg and he just shatters his ankle again or something like that. You know what I mean? Catch him with an uppercut coming in. Yeah. I could also see like Patricio going out there and like working his kickboxing and keep it off the ground and then all of a sudden like he breaks his hand and the fight gets called off in the like the after the second <laughs> round because that's the thing that happens to these guys. Yeah, this this is gonna be a fun one. I'm I'm looking forward to this. I'm my bias wants me to pick Pitbull, but. I, I don't know. This I, I, this this fight's hard to call, but I got a while to think about it, so I'm not even going to throw it out there. But uh, nah, Bellator that... just needs a good fight, like a good five round fun fight, because they haven't had like one of those in a long, long time. And boy, after this weekend, do they? <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, <laughs> we we, weekend, we knew they... going into this weekend it was not going to be like that, that that there was big. Failure potential, I guess, is the word. I mean, we knew, but like, maybe not. Maybe not the flavor of failure we got, but we. Yeah. Uh, but like, how many old heavyweights were on this on on these two cards? Like, <laughs> what what do you expect when you have Matt Mitrio and Sergey Karatanov headline card? Like, that's another thing for Bellator. Like, when I say they need like good five round fights. I say it because they're heavyweight fights. They when they go more than a round, nobody wants to see the end of them. Oh no! And even and the only times they're good or entertaining is when they go like two minutes, and the less shot guy just ends up winning. I.e. Fedor, Frank Mir. Well, we'll we'll get to it. We'll, yeah. we'll get to Bellator. They had they had two cards, and boy oh boy, boy oh boy, did they have two cards. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but um, yeah, Pit Pitbull Chandler, man, that's that's gonna be an. I hope that's, I hope the way I think that fight will be, it, it'll happen in reality. Like it'll just be an awesome fight no matter who wins. Um, but that's going down like I said at Bellator 221. Um, last two notes. Um, in women's boxing, also another very awesome fight. Clarissa Shields, Christina Hammer, that will be going down at April 13th. Um, on Showtime, I'm gonna say at like nine o'clock. So um. Oh, like two months from now, but you know, yeah, they got Crescent Shields graduating from um the show boxing, uh, the Friday night show box cards and getting an actual Saturday night main event, yeah. So that's that's dope, that's that's really awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, I hope I'm I hope that fight actually like I want to see what my timeline looks like, like the day that fight's on. Like, I want to see how many people, people who like, who like normally maybe wouldn't pay attention. I guess. Well, it de- it, it depends all on Salida uh, promotions marketing because, like, th- there is potential here to to to, to sell tickets. Um, like, yeah, you, you also gotta keep in mind, like, I'm assuming, I'm assuming you're like me, and like most of the people you follow are MMA fans on Twitter and it, Instagram. Yeah, and stuff. not a, not a yeah, not a ton of just boxing fans really. Yeah, so like. You know, UFC 236 is going to be that day. Um, I don't know what's going to be on that card. I don't think they even have a fight book for it yet. Um, but it's going to be, you know, probably overtaken a little bit by that. Like, the the success of women's boxing and Caressa Shields in general is not going to come from, like, I guess, your your core boxing audience. 
is going to come from people being like, oh, women can box too. And like casual fans who right. maybe they follow like Anthony Joshua on Twitter and when he tweets something, he's like, looking good, champ. Like, you know, like that. And and that's the extent of their boxing fandom or something. Like, it's like the same audience that got behind, not the same, same audience that got behind Ronda Rousey, but it's like, you know, this outside force. And it's all about how they market Carissa Shields and I guess Christina Hammer as well. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. I hope that card does do well. I'm, I'm definitely, definitely looking forward um, to that fight. And the the last <laughs> bit of news I have, um, as you all know, Artem Lobov uh, was released from the UFC, but he's back already. He found another home. So before we before we announce the home, I want to remind people that when Artem Lobov was in the UFC, he was begging to be cut because he had offers from kickboxing promotions and boxing promotions and other MMA promotions that he claimed were going to pay him more than the UFC was. So, Sensei, can you please tell the people where Artem Lobov ended up? Alrighty, man. Artem Lobov will be fighting Jason Knight, which makes this all the more interesting. And they will get to showcase their talents. The Bare Knuckle FC. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and um, uh, yeah. We joke about this being probably fitting Artem Lobov more than like an MMA cage or a boxing ring. It also kind of fits Jason Knight too, if you think about it. Jason Knight feels like the type of dude who fights outside of the bars. <laughs> oh man, I, I, I still can't really bring myself to watch a bare knuckle event. I watched like a little bit of like the very first one and I quickly realized that this wasn't for me. Mm. Um bro, it's just bones. Like, come on. <laughs> I just couldn't do it. <laughs> I just it's weird. For for some reason, like, that's where I draw the line. And I don't know why that is. Or what that says about me. I mean, if you want to find the next lineal heavyweight champion of the world, you have to go to the the the, bar, the bare knuckle fighting leagues because <laughs> that's how Tyson Fury did it. Oh boy! So you're telling me you wouldn't watch Frank Shamrock getting get between the hay barrels? Because <laughs> that's how they do it in the UK. They, 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 the the American ones are are cowards and they have a whole. Was it twenty by twenty ring? In the UK, they're just like fuck it. We're 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 getting between these hay barrels that are two feet apart from each other, and we are going to fight in a phone booth. Lord, I just uh, I feel like bare knuckle FC is like world star if it just had like structure. <laughs> bare knuckle FC is just redneck world star. Like, <laughs> Oh man, but I I don't know. Um, I mean, for you, you, I'm I'm probably in the minority because actually, like when the bare knuckle fights are on, a lot of people on my Twitter timeline are pretty excited. So I'm probably an outcast by myself. I mean, not not if you count sales because they are probably not doing too hot. (laughs) I I don't know. I, I don't know. But um, hey man. I'm I'm all for people being employed, um, you know, 
bare knuckle or not. <laughs> so, I mean, you need to find if you like if you if you're not good at MMA, or if you're yeah. old and beat up. I mean, why not? You know, yeah. why not? It's the, it's the next. Uh, that's the next logical step, I guess. <laughs> Shout out to Autumn Lobov and uh, Jason Knight, bare knuckle FC. Um, be, be on the lookout, I, I guess. I can't get over that one Vice Fightland documentary where they follow, like, the bare-knuckle champion of, like, the UK. And he was just, like, getting drunk 30 minutes before his fight. <laughs> he, he showed up to his fight, like, he, he literally showed up to his fight a half hour late, drunk, and won. And it was amazing. <laughs> He's like, yeah, I've been, uh, like the all the pre filler was like, I've been training for this my whole life. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, that's that's the true measure of a champion, you know. That's the whole that's the tank approach to fighting. Hey man, but if if you win, I mean, if you're drunk, you can't feel anything. All right, you had to numb the pain. Yeah, you know, you got you got you got to do what you got to do. Um, but yeah, so that, that's uh. <laughs> That's all for news and uh, notes of the week. Um, as we mentioned earlier, oh, though, wait, wait, there, there no, were, no. I, had, I had one more thing. I forgot about all about it, um, and it's juicy. Oh boy! All right, what, what we got? So, as we all know, the UFC has been um, has had a lawsuit launched against them by, I, I guess, former UFC fighter now Mark Hunt. Uh, oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm glad you did bring this up. So. Um, this this past week, Mark Hunt's uh, lost like nine charges of uh, that Mark Hunt brought up against the UFC, Dana White and uh, Brock Lesnar, um, were dismissed with prejudice, which just means he can't bring them back up in court. Um, one second, uh, I want I want to get the I, I wanted to find the judge's exact words. Uh, so, apparently, the court ruled that if you are a combat sports athlete, you consent to fighting doping, uh, doped competitors, which, wow. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, and the thing is, what's sad is, like, that that was the actual quote, like, we're not, like... You know, that's not a twist of words. That's not like, oh, it was taken out of context. Like, no, they they said that. Like, <laughs> they really, they they really said that. All right, um, I, I have the whole thing right here. Uh, like that intention. Oh, okay. Um, so although an athlete does not assume the risk of a, a co-participant's intentional or reckless conduct, totally outside the range of ordinary activity involved in the sport. The pitcher's intentional throw did not fall outside of this range. Like that intentional uh, throw, the fact that Lesnar was allegedly doping violated the bout rules established by the UFC and the NAC, but does not alone establish that his conduct exceeded the ordinary range for it of an activity in an MMA fight. As Hunt's own allegations de- uh, demonstrate, doping is an unfortunate common issue in MMA, and was a risk he perceived. And although he argues that doping empowered Lesnar to move faster and hit harder, Hunt doesn't allege that Lesnar's conduct during the bout 
was any somehow atypical, such as throwing Hunt out of the octagon, um, a route a rusing, packed gloves or a weapon. Nor does Hunt claim that the injuries he uh, his injuries exceeded those of a typical MMA bout. Accordingly, I find that Hunt consented to his fight with Lesnar, which precludes civil battery liability. I therefore dismiss the pre- with prejudice this claim against Lesnar under count eight and the aiding and abetting claim against UFC and Dana White under count nine. So basically, if you're an MMA fighter and you have some type of, um, uh, like, so basically, if you're an MMA fighter, you, by taking the fight, you legally consent. To fighting a a, a a doped opponent, like I had so many questions. Um, well, I guess that's good news for John Jones. Mm. <laughs> you know. Yeah, but um, um but I, I just thought like it, so if we're gonna. Judging by that logic, if you can even call it that, like, what do we even drug test for? Like, why, why even? Why bother? Yeah, why bother? At this point, like, what does it matter? If, if apparently it's just not a big deal, like. <laughs> Listen, man, um, y'all fighters out there, like, I, I don't know if you want to call it union, whatever you want to call it, um. <laughs> I'm gonna have to do something, cause um, this is like, if I'm a fighter and I see this ruling, I'm I'm bugging out. Like this just doesn't make any kind of sense. Like, At drug. So basically, PhD use in MMA is so common that's considered within the bounds of like. Like it, it, oh my God! It's like it, it's just common. Like it's just common. Like, that make it, it's a that, risk. That's like if it's you, an assumed risk. That's like if you live, and I, I don't know the stats. Uh, let's let's say you lived in the most dangerous city in America, and like, I don't know, you got like assaulted there, and like you wanted to sue the person who assaulted you, and you walked into the courtroom, and the judge was like, "Well, you live here, so like you know what happens." Like. So what he beat you up? You you chose to live here, right? So, so you just got to deal with it, and it's like that's, that's not how this is supposed to go. Like that's, oh boy. Like uh, that makes me curious if like because they mentioned specifically like loading your gloves or something like that, like uh like Margarito did to Cotto. I'm like I wonder if enough people did that would that just would you not be able to sue for that? You know? Yeah. Like that. Uh. Oh boy. Good old, good old, good old justice system at work. Um, yeah, you, you, you guys can read up on the story. Like I said, that you, I mean, you, you already read the whole quote, but just like just read that out loud to yourself, and just you just realize how just asinine it sounds. It's like what what are we talking about? Like what are what are how do you even come to this logic that this is just 
that's a whole nother podcast, and we we got a lot to cut because I, I I could rant on this for a long time because that that is just I don't know I don't know the world is going down the drain the aliens need to come and get us out of here because we're doing this all wrong. Um, <laughs> we're, nah. we're doing we're doing this all wrong. For what it's worth, but, um, I think Hunt has one more charge pending that they're gonna they might carry forward. I don't know. That 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 kind of made me lose all faith. If they they if they brought that logic forward, and that stands, I don't feel confident in anything else he's bringing forward will be able to stick. Like that that you would think that it like it would be a chargeable offense, so that there could be like repercussions. Right. But there are no repercussions. So what I'm saying is, if you're a fighter, you should do PEDs. Basically. Because there are no repercussions at any point, point. Yeah. and if you make enough money, they'll they'll make all the they they they'll just stop caring. Yeah. No one will care anymore. This this is MMA. This is this is our sport. This is this is this is what happens <clears throat> in, in our sport. Um. This makes me, and I I want to get off on another tangent because sometimes I forget like how young. MMA is as a sport and then I think about it and all of the craziness makes sense because like compared to the NBA NFL all these other you know leagues and organizations like MMA is still fumbling around trying to figure everything out I mean uh, uh, some of these other leagues are not on the I mean yeah like here's like with the nature of PEDs and like how everything's constantly changing. I guess it, it, it's hard. I get it. Like the like the the stuff that they test for now is probably way behind what's actually available out there. Like the real designer shit. Like uh, 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 this is this is kind of off topic, but um. Do you know who Az Fajan was? Uh, sounds familiar. He was one of the bigger drug dealers in New York during the mid to late '80s. Um, and uh, like one of the things he brought up was like, "Hey, uh, like once um, crack hit the streets, like we, we just started selling crack because when the D, like when the police would come and they would take the th- like they would take what you were selling and they would go run tests, they would test for cocaine." Or come back with baking soda. So you like you got off because it was you just looked you were selling baking soda. Like it was a technicality. And like I I get there's and I get like like it, you know it, it took them a year to figure like according to Fejan it took them like a year to figure out that that was you know they were selling they were still selling drugs and get the law on the books and everything. But um like that that's kind of the game with PEDs like. There's always there's always somebody out there trying to beat the test, you know. Yeah. But at the same time, like if if this is what you're going to be about, be consistent. If this is the stance you're going to take. I mean, I guess we should have, but <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I, <laughs> like I said, there's so many different ways this conversation can go, and none of them lead to anything positive because this is just kind of like. Meh. You can't even really make sense of it. Right. Um, so you know what? We, we're just going to bury that and leave that where it is. 
We'll um, deal with it some other day. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll deal with that some other time. Because <laughs> that, that, that's 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 a whole podcast uh, in in and of itself. But um, that best of wishes to Mark Hunt. Um, I would have curved out in that courtroom, boy. But um, moving on. <laughs> Like I said, man, there there were a lot, a, a ton of fights from starting basically from Friday going all the way until Sunday night. Um, so we won't be able to cover everything super in-depth, but uh, two cards, which we probably won't really cover much at all, but I want to give them really quick shout-outs. Um, LFA had a card, uh, I believe, on Friday, LFA 60. Um, a lot of finishes on this card. I didn't get a chance to watch it, but I would encourage you guys to go back and watch it. Um, because judging on the finish rates, uh, looks like this card may have lasted a total of like 30 minutes because everybody was getting put out of there. Um, but they had a card. Um, they now have a new uh, light heavyweight champion. Um, the title was vacant. Uh, Julius Anglicus uh, defeated Clayton York uh, via submission, uh, rear naked choke. So he is now their vacant light heavyweight. Uh, title champion. I uh, saw a couple of other highlights from that card, and it looked pretty entertaining, as most LFA cards are. So go give that a look um, on Axis TV if you have that. Um, One Championship had a card early Saturday morning. Uh, Nong Nong O, oh, what's his whole name? No, oh, Nong O Gaian Chado Chadao. Probably said that wrong. <laughs> Versus uh, Hanzi Howe. This was for, I want to say, a Muay Thai Bantamweight World Championship. Um, I didn't get a chance to watch this card. I was kind of watching it at work, but, you know, I'm at work, so only seeing bits and pieces. But it looked like a pretty good card. Um, that was one championship. Uh, Clash of Legends was the name of the card. Um, there were a lot of Muay Thai fights on this card, but also a couple of MMA bouts. So go give that a look if you haven't. Um, from the bits and pieces I did see, there were some fun fights. So go back and give that a look. Um, but let's get on to uh, the cards that you and I both, uh, at least in some part, got a chance to watch this weekend. Um, I guess real quick, we'll start with Invicta. Uh, I think we can kind of run through this a little quick. Um, Invicta FC 34 went down on, I don't know, that was the 15th? The 4th, I don't know what day. That was Friday, 15th. Yeah. Okay, yeah, 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 that was Friday too. Yeah, because I missed it. I had, to, I had to watch it the next day because I had to work. Um, but uh, this card uh, went down on Friday. Um, pretty important card for them. They, uh, uh, Invicta has a flyweight tournament uh, going on right now that took place during this card. Um, so I'm only going to mention uh, about three fights on this card. Um, but quick shout-outs to everybody else. Uh, Tracy Cortez defeated Aaron Blanchfield. Uh, via split decision, Victoria Leonardo defeated Jamie Milanowski uh, via rear naked choke. Courtney King defeated Holly Logan via rear naked choke. And Caitlin Simmons defeated Christina Ricker uh, via TKO. Um, so I want to give everybody there just due. Um, but the main event of Invicta FC 34 was uh, Pearl Gonzalez versus Vanessa Porto. Um, this was for the vacant uh, Invicta FC flyweight title. Um, it was a pretty good fight. Um, if you've been paying attention to Pearl since um, her UFC release, she's been on a pretty good roll. Um, looked really impressive in all of her Invicta fights. Um, and this fight against Porto, um, I, I thought Porto was it, it was a it was a competitive fight. Um, I had Porto winning. Um, she was just 
landed a lot of hard shots, good takedowns. Um, excuse my memory. A lot of these fights I only got a chance to watch once, so I, I won't have like super specifics. But um, I thought Porto was definitely winning the fight. Um, it ended in a little bit of controversy, I guess you can say. that This was the start of like the MMA gods enacting their revenge. Um, and a weekend full of main events that just seemed to end in injury or just <laughs> some kind of wild fashion. Um, I just realized something. Like, did we miss news? Did, Tyson, did we talk uh, about Tyson Fury? Oh, no, we, we did not. <laughs> yeah, we skipped one Tyson. Uh, real quick, Tyson Fury signed a five-fight deal with ESPN and Top Rank. It's worth over $100 million. But uh, it's probably bad in the long run if you're waiting on uh, Anthony Joshua and the Deontay Wilder rematch. So, you know. Yeah. So, basically, ESPN is paying uh, $100 million for Tyson Fury to, like, dance around, I don't know, who, who, who's, a, like, Kubrat Pulev for 12 rounds and get booed out the stadium. So, <laughs> we'll, we'll keep it up. Um,. But no, Porto and Gonzalez was uh it was a, it was a, an entertaining competitive fight. I think you guys should watch. Um, but it ended, <clears throat> excuse me, via eye poke. Um, it, it was just kind of just one of those moments where you know fighter extends their hands out, fingers get a little, little too close to the eye. Um, Porto's eye was like actually bleeding, um, so it looked pretty bad. Doctors came in, everybody came in, um, and determined that she couldn't continue. Um, I, I never really know how these situations go in terms of the rules um, because they didn't declare this like a no contest. They actually just, they stopped the fight um, because she couldn't continue and they took it to the scorecards. I, I'm going to guess maybe because it was a championship fight. I don't know. I, the commissions do weird stuff and like every state rules are always changing. I don't know what's going on, but um, they, they stopped the fight. This actually ended in round four and they went to the scorecards. And Pro Gonzalez ended up getting the nod anyway. Um, at the time of the fight, the judges had it 40-36, uh, 39-37, and 39-37 in favor of Porto. And I agree. It, it I mean, it sucks because you you want to see the fight play out because this sport is crazy. You never know what could have happened. Pearl could have done something wild and pulled off a comeback. And it's not like she was getting super dominated, but I, I did think Porto was kind of clearly winning. Um, and you kind of want to just see a fight play out till the end. Um, but I agree that up to that point, Porto looked like she was pretty in control of the fight. Um, so it, it kind of it just is what it is, but it sucks because, you, you you know, you want the fight to end naturally. But I pokes, you know, what, what can you do? So that was the main event. So congrats to Vanessa Porto. Uh, she is now the Invicta Flyweight uh, Champion. And then the co-main event uh, was part of two bouts that um, were part of a flyweight tournament that was going on. So uh, we have on one side of the tournament, uh, Karina Rodriguez versus Milana Dudieva. Um, if there's one fight you go back and watch on this card other than the main event, this will probably be it. Lots of back and forth. Um, just, just nice quality flyweight violence. Um, <laughs> how I would describe this fight. Um, I can't argue the decision. Uh, they gave it to Karina Rod uh, Rodriguez via split decision. Um, like I said, I didn't get a chance to rewatch any of these fights. I was kind of, you know. I don't know why. I, I remember after seeing the fight, like I wasn't against it because you know I want Karina Rodriguez to do well, but 
I remember thinking, wow, I'm surprised they didn't give it to Dudieva. Yeah, I mean, they, they both had good moments. They both landed, like, really hard shots. Um, like I said, they, they both were just, they, they, they were in there throwing down, man. Like, they, <laughs> compared to the other flyaway fight, I think this one was, um, like, they really wanted yeah. it. Yeah. Like, they, they, they really, really wanted it. Um, so, you know, you, may, you maybe could have made an argument for either or, but, um, yeah, I'm not going to complain. Um, so, uh, Karina Rodriguez will be moving on to meet the winner of this Deanna Bennett, who defeated Miranda uh, Maverick via unanimous decision. To be honest, I don't remember much of this fight. I don't know if you do or not. <laughs> um, so, Miranda, Miranda Maverick was a 115-pounder who moved up, right? I'm not crazy. Like she, she started off at 115, just couldn't make the way anymore, and moved up to uh, to 125. Um, and you know, was relatively doing well. Um, she, she, she lost to Brogan Walker Sanchez, who's another young. <clears throat> well, she's older than Mer- Maverick, who's like 22 or 23 or something, or, or she's 21. But um, yeah, no, it, Mer- Maverick always kind of likes to be the bully and Deanna Bennett just kind of never let her do that whether it was on the feet or on the ground like Bennett just was always the one in the proper position and Maverick kind of just seemed lost not being the bigger woman out there so solid quality win for Bennett probably her best performance since she knocked out Michelle Old I'll say like with the body kick Um, but and that was like five years ago now. Damn. Um, but yeah, no quality when um, she rematches Karina Rodriguez in the fight that I believe was a split decision the first time around. Yeah, so they'll get to uh, to settle that. I don't know when that fight is supposed to happen. I imagine um, in the fall. Yeah. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but I like this little, <laughs> I like this little like mini resurgence of like tournaments. Everybody know, needs being... a gimmick, bro. Hey man, I'm I'm all for it. Um, you need something to help yourself stand out. In what better way than not standing out? And to to Invictus credit, like I, I don't say they needed to do the tournament, but like them doing the tournament for this division like made sense. Right. Um. Also, would have helped if they had done it for like. Adam White, which is the only division they have that hasn't been completely pilfered. Yeah. <laughs> well, we'll see. But I, I like, yeah, I like, I like uh, this little mini. Speak, speaking of, um, Shannon Knapp did actually um, hint at a uh, a future tournament featuring uh, Bantamweights, I believe, on Twitter. Hmm. Also, Scott Coker yeah. basically said that Bellator is looking to do a featherweight tournament in the fall. After the uh, the welterweight tournament wraps up, that would be awesome. I, I would like that. So we'll see. Turn tournaments tournaments making the comeback in uh, in two K nineteen. So, but shout outs to Invicta FC man. Uh, pretty pretty good card. If you got Fight Pass, go back give it a watch. Uh, congrats to Vanessa Porto for being the new flyweight champ. Um, and shout outs to the MMA gods for giving us eye pokes and making fights just not end well <laughs> but uh moving on bellator 215 
went down also on you know Friday also yes. in Connecticut. Um, yeah, the M MMA guys came through on this one also, and they they threw the hammer down. Course, nobody gets <laughs> to have fun. Yeah. So <laughs> um, this this card was headlined by Matt Mitrione and Sergey Karatanov. Um, I mean, to be honest, heading into this, it's not like I was really expecting anything crazy. Like it's heavyweight MMA. I didn't realize Matt Mitrione was forty years old. Oh yeah, no, he's so, old. <laughs> for some reason, I thought he was still like mid thirties. Did not realize he was forty years old. Um, but yeah, like I said, going into this fight, I wasn't really expecting anything crazy. Like we're want to see two heavyweight guys just throw. One of them will fall over eventually, and we'll all get to go home. Um, but instead, what we got, Matt Mitrione came out, came out, bounced around a little, throws a a kick that he's trying to hit like the inside leg. Instead, he he uh he hits the family jewels of Karatanov. And keep in mind, this is 15 seconds into the fight. And Karatanov is on the ground, in pain, gets up, falls down. It's a whole issue. It's a whole situation. And the fight ends. Yeah. And that was it. <laughs> that was your main event. Um, no no questions were answered. Karatanov, um, just the king of getting out of Bellator fights in the first round. <laughs> knocked out by Javier, then knocks out Chase Gormley and uh, Roy Nelson. And now this. He's just like, I'm going to get paid whether I stand up or not. <laughs> and um... uh, We should probably mention, he, um, apparently, he, he went to the hospital, left, and had to go back because the pain was so bad. And they're now speculating that he has, like, the last time I checked, they were speculating he now has, like, hemorrhoids or something from being yeah. kicked so hard. That's, I didn't even know that was possible. Like, <laughs> uh, that, I don't know, man. That, that, Jesus Christ. Um, the MMA gods are cruel. This sport is cruel. Imagine, like that's why, like, that's why you wear a cup. Because if that had happened without him wearing a cup, it would have been gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he might have not been ever able to use that again. No, it would have been off his body. Yeah. So. Like, if I'm Karatanov, I don't even want to rebook this fight. Yeah, I'm just out of, like, out of spite. Yeah, I'm just not fighting you anymore. Uh, I will go fight somebody else. But, um, yeah, that, that was the main event. That was it. Um, But I hope Karatanov, like, I... I <laughs> I, I would never wish that kind of pain on anybody. Um, so, bro, I hope you can get through that. I hope, <laughs> I hope you're okay, cause that is that is not fun. That is not a good time. Um, but yeah, that that was the main event. It lasted 15 seconds. It was a nut shot, and it was over. Um, moving on, co-main event: Logan Storley versus Eon Pascu. Um, I feel like this fight is kind of Logan Storley going to Logan Storley. I mean, Logan Storley would fit in with the top 10 at welterweight in the UFC. Um, just wrestling and wrestling. Yeah, a lot, a lot, of, lot of wrestling. 
Not, not a whole lot of grappling, but a lot of wrestling. <laughs> you know, wrestling with, you know, not the greatest striking, but, you know, he's, I guess he, he's strong, so, you know, you, you still got to be weary. Um, yeah, I, I don't really know what else to say. But, but in all, in I'll, all I'll fairness, take... Logan Storley should be should have been the one in the tournament instead of at Ruth, because he was clearly, like, Storley's clearly ahead of where Ruth is at. Yeah. In terms of just like making his wrestling work for MMA, so he should have been the one with and the I, spot. And I'm gonna give myself some credit. <clears throat> Back when I used to, I, I wrote a, a blog post a long some some years ago about fighters to look out for outside of UFC, and Storley was on my list. Cause I remember watching him when he I don't know if it was even called LFA back then. He was in one of those. Two. He was in RFA. Um, yeah, RFA. <clears throat> and he was ragdolling dudes, <laughs> like, and it was violent. Like he was ragdolling them and just beating them up. They, um, so I mean, obviously he got signed to Bellator. I was like, I really gotta calm down and you know make sure I get my yeah. uh, make sure these people get their money's worth. Right. Because <laughs> man, the the dude is. Like I said, man, like, he just, he has that different kind of strength. Like, if he grabs a hold of you, it's, it's over. Like, you're, you're, you get, you're going down. More, more often than not, you're going down. Um, so, yeah, Lo- Logan Storley going to Logan Storley. Yeah, I, I think at this point um, in his Bellator career, he's probably another guy welterweight that we, we can start throwing him up there with some names and, uh, and seeing what he can do. Because I, I don't imagine there are a lot of guys on that roster that who are going to be able to handle that wrestling if he can get a hold of him, um, but we'll see. Good, good on Logan. He's pretty much been spotless in his career so far. Like he's he's doing everything he should. Maybe you know people won't be a, as a fan of his style. He is primarily a wrestler, but he goes in there and he just kind of makes it look. I mean, he's a, to me, he's just kind of like a less interesting Ben Askren. Yeah, but uh. Uh, yeah, yeah, I guess you can say that. Because, like, Ben Askins wrestling has, like, a little bit of, like, uh, you know, lack of a better word, funk to it. Like, Storley's just a powerhouse. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, w- I would love to see him fight, like, John Fitch. Just because, just like, I want to I see what John Fitch, like, when was the last time John Fitch fought a powerful young wrestler as opposed to, you know, out wrestling, like, Jake Shields? Right. Or... So, but you know, John Fitch is about to win the Bellator welterweight title by uh, <laughs> breaking Rory McDonald's nodes. So, oh, if, if he wins the title, then wins the tournament. Bellator should just close. I'm sorry. <laughs> nah, nah. See, this this is this is how you get. Ne- 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 Neiman Gracie's gonna have the belt for one round. Oh my god, he might. Neiman, Neiman, Neiman. We're gonna have a Gracie Chapman in 2019. It's gonna be Neiman Gracie. That's my prediction. I don't know if he'll hold it through the whole tournament. I mean, when 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 Victor Gracie comes back, <laughs> and, and he lays waste to Bellator's aged 185 division, it's over. Gary will be too busy trying to take the belt for Ryan Bader. Is this it? Is 2019 the Gracie return? Yeah, apparently. Oh, boy. Apparently, oh, we'll, we'll get to that later, but <laughs> congrats to Logan Storley, dominant win. Uh, moving on down the card, we had Eduardo Dantes versus Toby Misich. Um, uh, I, I guess first off, just glad, glad to see Dantes back. Um, 
coming back off of injury. I forgot about that McDonald fight until I went and looked at his record. I was like, oh, that did happen. Forgot about that. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> that, that was a thing that happened to him. Um, so, yeah, it, it was good Good to see him back. Um, not the best Dantes performance, like, in terms of, you know, excitement. That was um, a typical Dantes performance because he tends to do this, especially as of late. I, I just, I, I felt like watching this fight, it was one of those, I, I, I guess this is kind of me shooting him some bail. Um, I think we've seen other fighters, like, when they come off of, like, a major injury, how they, their first fight back, they're just trying to, like, get their feet back under them. Right. Like, I just want to win to just kind of get my confidence going, and I'm not going to come in here and really do anything too crazy. And I kind of felt like this. that's pretty much what Dantes did. Like, it wasn't anything super flashy. I just did what I needed to do to get a win. And, you know, now, now, now I can get get my feet back under me. Now I feel good. You know, I, you know my, my leg, I think that's what he broke. Um, or ankle, something, something like that. You know, I'm holding up. I'm doing okay. And he, he got the win. Yeah, like I said, it wasn't anything super crazy, but... You know, a win's a win, I guess. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, that that was that was pretty much it. Unless you had any other. Uh, do you think Dantes could beat Hennenborough in a fight? Yep. <laughs> <laughs> all all he needs to. I've. All right, I, I got to save it. We'll, we'll save it. We'll I, save it. To, to kind of foreshadow a little bit, if Dantes listened to what Sanders' corner told him, I think he would win. I think it would be one of those fights where, like, Dantes would probably, he would get tagged a couple of times, maybe in, like, the first, you know, 30, 40 seconds. Bro, just push forward and move in on him. He's going to crack eventually. He, he just, and I think Dantes, when he's operating at his best, he's explosive enough. I, I think he can put him out. But <laughs> we'll we'll get to Mr. Burrell, uh when when we get on to that card. But <laughs> congrats to Dantes. Glad he's back. Um <laughs> this next fight. John Duma uh versus Mike Kimball. So like I, I was really confused about this fight. Like, is Mike Kim- like Mike Kimball has like an interesting backstory or like was he like a D one wrestler dude or so, like, what's his story? Because he, he he seemed he, like the A side that Bellator was putting their uh their their the the eggs in the basket on. From what I remember, and I I don't remember what card he was on because I I didn't recognize his name. Oh no, I, I, no, I did. I, well, either way, when when I saw him, I was like, where do I know this kid from? And then he was on one. I can't remember what Bellator card he was on, but I remember him being really young, and he got like a really quick finish. And he looked really uh, good. Mitrion Bader. Yeah, and I was like, oh, and I, I think a lot of people were like, oh, like, like we didn't know about him before, but maybe this might be somebody to like keep an eye right. on, right? Because you know he looks exciting. He's young, dude's only like twenty one years he's old. He's built like a goddamn action figure, right? <laughs> like he he has all of the like intangibles, I guess, um, that you would want for like a new prospect that you could potentially like push in the future um but i think his age <laughs> kind of showed um 
uh, in this fight. So I, I wasn't, I, I didn't really know much about uh, John Duma, but apparently the uh, the thing with him was like you just don't really want to tangle on the ground. It's not what you want to do. Um, if you can keep it standing, keep it standing. But if he gets you on the ground, you might have some issues. Mike Kimball, I think, was just in that young kind of cocky mode where he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm the man and I'm just going to do whatever pretty much I want to do. Because up to this point, nobody's been able to stop me. Right. And he tangled on the ground with somebody he didn't have business tangling on the ground with. And, uh... He got triangled for his troubles. <laughs> so, um, you know, I don't, I don't think it's, um, like, dude, like I said, dude, dude's only 21 years old. Um, so time is definitely on his side. Um, it, it was just one of those, you know, how like a, every like rookie NBA player, every rookie NFL player, you have your welcome to the big league moment where you realize that what you used to do and get away with... Oh, that's what it was. I think he has one of the fastest KOs in Bellator. Because yeah. his last one was in six yeah. seconds. Yeah. But I think he just kind of had his welcome to Bellator moment, where it's like, all right, all that, all that little stuff you used to do, um, you got to start respecting your competition level now. Because, mm-hmm. you know, right. you're not fighting uh, Joe Schmoes and, and uh, the manager at Target anymore. Like you're, you're fighting dudes <laughs> who have... You know, notches in their belt, even if it's like right. John Duba, who only had like four fights. Um, yeah, but yeah, this is why I prefer them burying prospects on the prelims. Like to be honest, like I, I know they don't get as many eyes as, as quickly, but like it just seems like so much more. Like because like Terrell Fortune is still on the prelims. Yeah, like Steve Mowry is still on the prelims. He's on the prelims of this card. Um, probably because of who he was fighting, but you know. And I was I was actually thinking of that during the Bellator cards, and this is kind of another whole side conversation. Um, because I was thinking of like Bellators and like what they do with their prospects. You mentioned dudes like yeah, Maori and and uh, Tyrell, and like I almost feel like the UFC, and it's probably been this way for a while. I just haven't really like noticed it or paid attention to it like the ufc is long past the days of like homegrown prospects whatever the word prospect means anymore like all of the new people who are coming over in the ufc like you we got who would people we mentioned in the war show like Li Zhang, petter yan um all of these new faces that are making noise these were fighters that were like well established in other organizations before they came over. So it's not like fighting for them is just some new thing they just kind of jumped yeah. into. They they've been doing this yeah. for a while. So like, so, um, God, what are the names? Um, Buddy Elbow used to do this thing called the uh, the MMA Prospectus. Um, it used to be by uh, writers uh, Zane Simon and Connor Rebush. And one of the things they kept harping on before the show ended um, was the idea that the the that guys were staying out, guys and gals, I guess, were staying out of the UFC longer to get more experience. Like, um, one example was Tom Dukenwa. Tom Dukenwa was a dude who turned down an offer from the UFC um, when he won the, um, when he won his first title in Bama because he wanted to go, like, he wanted more time. Like, he was young. He was, like, like I'm not going to say frail, but, like, you know, he doesn't have a man build on him yet. 
even now he's still really young um so like you know you go you go and you get your experience because that's how you get your money because if you know you win out your contract your first contract you go like three and one or four and oh like that's more money at the end of it for you you get a rating um but like if you're in there struggling to go like two and two one and three like you know it's so much harder to get back in the ufc nowadays just because there's so many like there's so much talent out there, so if you don't have like a pre-existing relationship like Ben Saunders does, you, you, it's right. so hard to get a call back. Yeah, you might be out just kind of floating somewhere. Because at this point, especially in the lighter weight classes where talent is just in abundance, like you can get lost in the show. Right. So easy. And yeah, the point I was going to make was like for Bellator, they're not afforded that same luxury because a lot of these guys are literally like their homegrown talents. It's like it's literally like, oh, you were a wrestler at this prestigious university. We want to bring you in MMA because we think you'd be something good. But like, they have to move them along slowly because these aren't guys who've been fighting in like, you know, Bama or what or any other organization. I mean, like these guys are literally yeah. Just, like, like how many of Bellator's big prospects come in like, and they're zero and zero. Like we had one on right. the next card. Um, what's her name? The, the yeah, well, Valerie uh, Loretta. Like. He is literally like a, a, an MMA transplant. Um, Ed Roof, Tyrell Fortun, uh, Aaron Pico. These are all dudes who debut inside Bellator. And for all of Bellator's faults, like in comparison with the UFC and talking about depth, like there is something to be said about being a established Bellator prelim guy. Like Going um, three and three in Bellator is different than going three and three in like Cage Fury fighting champions or right. something like that. Like, you know, you're, you're getting experience, you're getting travel experience that probably a lot of these guys are never ever like they they really don't have. You're getting like media exposure experience, like, and that's all things that help you accommodate to the fight, to to, to the atmosphere. So it, it, it's different. Yeah. So yeah, they they yeah they, I think they 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 might have just got uh, and and to be honest, <laughs> I think another reason Kimball might might have ended up on the main card. Um, it's not like this card was heavily stacked from top to bottom. Right. <laughs> so it could have been just virtue of that he might have just kind of you know ended up on there. But I'm, I'm pretty sure we'll see Kimball back. But well, um, I mean they could have put Amanda Bell and Amber Lybrock on the main card to be fair. That is true. That is true. Um, but actually, you, you probably could have put that over this fight or the next yeah. one. <laughs> well, the next one they had for a reason. Yeah, yeah. So we'll we'll, we'll get to that. But congrats to John Duma. Uh, he won via triangle. Um, and the last fight we will mention: Austin, Mr. Van Zant Vanderford versus Cody Jones. I don't really remember what happened in this fight, other than uh, Mr. Van Zant got an arm triangle. Uh, I mean, that's basically it. <laughs> I mean, that's basically it. Like, um, I remember his 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 ears because they are they cauliflower as fuck. But <laughs> um, yeah, no, uh, I mean, yeah, it was Vander Ford got him down, got the arm triangle, and a whole lot 
like there was a whole other four minutes of the fight, but it is just drawing a blank in my mind. Um, for uh, as Sensei stated, for those who don't know, Austin Vanderford is Paige Van Zandt's husband. Um, he got. I, I feel bad saying he got signed because he's Paige Van Zandt's husband, but he got signed because he's Paige Van Zandt. Because <laughs> you don't want to undermine, like you know, he he was six and zero before before came in. Yeah, he, he yeah he was he was. And let's be work. honest, that's better than half the dudes in the Bellator roster. Like yeah. Billy, the, like the next dude down on the uh, the fight card is a dude named Billy Golf, who's two and zero, and he's fighting for Bellator. And there are a bunch of dudes on this card who had not won a fight who are fighting for Bellator. So you know. So, so like, but he, the the reason he was the opener on this card is because uh, he he is Paige Van husband, and he, he seems like a solid enough addition. Like, even if he doesn't work out, Bellator needs those dudes with, who have some type of experience, who are seven and zero, eight and zero, and are just like ready to go again and fill spots on the main card, and you know, be of interest. Like right. not not like dudes like Rory McDonald and. Douglas Lima and Andre Korshkov who have like established narratives about themselves. Like they need dudes who are just like question marks, who who, who could be something, who might be something. And Vanderford, I I I can't say whether or not he's like a, a a prospect or just like a guy, but we'll find out. We'll see. Yeah, we'll we'll, we'll see. Tom will. Tom will let us know. part of the fun. So that was the main card. Um, it was a d- decent night, um, but the main event was just kind of like, ugh. <laughs> you know, like I said, man, MMA gods came this weekend. If you were in a main event, boy, they threw the hammer. Let's be you. real. The best part of any Bellator card are the prelims where somebody basically dies because Bellator is, you know, human sacrifice hour. Oh, yeah, there were a lot of finishes. Um, well, real, real quick, I'll just blaze through these because uh, we got to get to some other cards, but to give everybody their props and shout-outs. Um, on the prelims, Billy Goff defeated Ryan Hardy uh, via unanimous decision. Uh, Zaruk Adeshev defeated Ron Arana via unanimous decision. Uh, Matt Probin defeated Ali Zibion. Uh, split decision, Pete Rogers defeated Jason Ron via TKO. Steve Mowry defeated Darian Abbey via submission. Uh, Kimura, Amanda Bell defeated Amber Labrock via TKO. In a fight that I wish I would have saw, but I missed it. Uh, Lindsey Van Zant defeated Tabitha Watkins via TKO, and Pat McCron defeated Jason Markland via TKO. So, just to, just to everybody, especially Lindsey Van Zant. I think it was like the first Bellator Atomweight fight ever. I didn't even catch yeah. that. Oh, that was at Atomweight. Yeah, I didn't catch that. I mean, I could be wrong. Like They probably have done an Atomweight fight before, but like maybe not in the Cogar era. That's that's cool though. Yeah, I don't know if that's even like an established. Yeah, not in Bellator. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but hey man, got to You got to start somewhere. But that was Bellator 215. Um, de- decent card, kind of. Yeah. <laughs> like it wasn't like super exciting, but you know, if you had nothing else better to do with your time. Yeah. You <laughs> I don't. I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, but, I mean, um, it, 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 like MMA, it's not really gonna be on fire. It's not gonna be the hottest thing. So yeah, so that that car was kind of eh, but it is what it is. Um, moving on, 
Bellator came back with the double whammy. Another kind of Bellator card. Two. Yeah. <laughs> it was a very mad weekend. Um, Bellator 216 MVP versus Daly went down. I, I was really anticipating this card. Um, I, I was hyped for this main event. I was interested to see how it would turn out. Um, <coughs> we'll just jump right into it. I, I'll say, actually... I didn't hate the main event. There are certain matchups that I see, and I'm like, I just want to see how this actually plays out. Like, I'm not really worried about fireworks. If they happen, they happen. If they don't, I guess it is what it is. Um, I guess when I'm... when Just these two, I wanted to see, like... The fight didn't go... It definitely didn't go the way I thought. To be honest, I thought that Daly would let his emotions kind of get to his head, and he would do something stupid, and either get a crazy finish or get put away um but nah this <laughs> so for, first round daily literally does nothing We're, like um, melvin menhoff Rafael carvajo literally nothing yeah. <laughs> and, I, he did not throw one strike i think he fainted like twice now was yeah. it he i felt like the entire first round he was just like trying to maybe just get a read on MVP and he was the cautious ain't even the word. The man did not want to engage. Like I think he was just he did not want to get countered. He did not want any of the smoke in the first round. He he was just kinda let me see what dance moves MVP is gonna throw at me. How many feints, how many angles, what's you know I, I'm guessing. I'm I'm just speculating. But he literally did nothing the first round. Um and then the next few rounds switched up. Uh, Paul Daly turned into John Fitch, um, but uh, you know what? I'm not mad at it because also like there there is a lot of historical precedence for this type of thing. <laughs> right. Like, like remember right. him trying to shoot him as oh was it? Um, God, I want to say his name wrong. In uh, in Strike Force, he did it on Masvidal. Um, but he also did it on Mizaki. There we go. Where where Mizaki was just beating the crap out of him, so he just decided to try and take him down. Hey man, you gotta, <laughs> you gotta win any way you can. Yeah, yeah. Like people can talk all this trash they want in pre-fight hype. Listen, man, we know what the deal is. You just need to get the win. Um, and however you get there, whatever path you decide to take, it it is what it is. Um, but like I wasn't surprised that he started going for takedowns because, <clears throat> I mean, we all know that's. That's the glaring hole in the MVP's game. Um, and in, the, in those second and third rounds, I think, <coughs> excuse me, Daly was getting a little more comfortable with the range. He's actually started to push forward more. Um, I don't, it's not really a ton to break down round by round in this fight. I think what this fight came down to and why MVP got the decision. Um, to me, this fight was Daly... Daly was, like, just trying to control the fight. But to me, MVP was trying to win. Like, Daly was just trying to neutralize what MVP did. MVP, for even though his performance wasn't all that great, he had the quote-unquote moments. Like, he was the one actually doing damage. Right. Or, like, trying to do damage, at least. As to, MV as to Daly was just kind of like, let me just stop you from... 
I'm going to stop you from doing damage, but I'm not really going to do much either. I'm, we're just kind of going to have a stalemate, and hopefully I'll come out on the other side and get my hand raised. As the MVP was kind of like, I'm, I'm trying to hurt you. Like, I'm trying to land shots. I'm trying to be a, a bit more active. Um, and I'll give MVP props because I think he stole this fight in the last round. Um, I don't know if I think I had a 2-2 going into the last. But I, I just think MVP was able to capitalize. The the moments he had were bigger, and he was able to capitalize. And I think he stole those last couple of rounds from Daly. Because, um, like I said, Daly didn't do himself any favors by, you know, you take him down. All right, great, but we got to do right. something. We got to pass guard, ground and pound. Yeah, if this was a three-round fight, Daly probably would have won. But he gassed hard in that fourth. Um, he still managed to get uh, MVP down, but, like, MVP was able to get to his back and threaten with the rear naked choke. Um, like MVP was obviously the one who was trying to do like land the knockout blow, but like I think Daly actually had the hardest like punch of the fight. Where at the end of the second round, after um controlling MVP for the for the majority of it, he he starts to let him back up and proceeds to just throw that left hook he loves so much. And then chase him around the cage as MVP tries to skate away. <laughs> um, I was looking, I was hoping he would do more of that. Like every time MVP would get to the cage, he would just let him get up and then, you know, try to throw something on him. But he had his heart content on just like trying to keep MVP down. It was really weird, um, and it probably cost him the fight in the long run because, as tiring as it is to shoot takedowns, it's a lot more tiring to keep a dude down when. For like twenty minutes, when that's not your that's not your thing, um, it goes against everything you you you've acc uh, acc uh, acclimated yourself to throughout your career. Um, like uh, they, uh, MVP is obviously like a fail, like a, a a flawed fighter. I shouldn't say failed. Um, like. His wrestling is not great. His defense isn't great. He does not have a good way to draw out the counter. Like he'll snipe on you from the outside with like the jab and uh, a couple of kicks, but he really does not have a way to get guys to engage with him in a way where he could throw that right hand and really knock them out. Um, but he, he he's confident. He apparently can fight for five rounds. Um, even when, you know, he, he's losing it and those, those are just valuable skills to have. Um, I don't know how, I, I think Douglas Lima should beat the, you know, the brakes off him though. Like, uh, I'm not, I'm not seeing good things in his immediate future. Like, I don't think he's winning this tournament. Yeah, see, I, <laughs> I was wrestling around in my head with that fight because my first thought was like, Lima himself is not the most, like, active guy. So I think we could see parts in that fight where they're both just kind of, like... Staring at each other. Yeah, there, there could be a lot of that. But I think another thing, a uh, couple things Lima has going for his favor, um, the man has some of the hardest leg kicks in the sport. Um, if he can get a couple of those off, and I don't think it would take a lot of them, like <laughs> if, if he can get a couple if, of them off on MVP, if he lands one on those bony ass legs of MVP, <laughs> they might snap. A, yeah, it's it's gonna be a problem. 
It is going to be. I, I was actually really counting on um, uh, on Daly to throw the leg kick a lot more. He just didn't do it. Like he missed on a few of them, like whiffed on them too. Um, well, it, it could be just a distance and range thing, but. <clears throat> So I'm like, yeah, Lima's got leg kicks. Lima is excellent fighting going backwards. So MVP, maybe he'll land a shot and try to blitz him, and he might get caught with something, and he might get swept. Um, who knows? Maybe, maybe we'll see. Uh, <laughs> we'll see Lima get a takedown, and he's pretty heavy-handed. Yeah. Like, like if if he, he catches can... Page, like he can't put him out. Yeah. Um. So yeah, that that's gonna be an interesting fight. But yeah, I'm I'm kind of siding with you. Like, I mean, MVP for all the talent he has, all the flash and the pizzazz. Um, Lima's kind of been there, done that. I I don't think, and he he's a smart enough fighter that I think he can just kind of maneuver his way around that fight. And yeah, he he could probably put MVP out. But we'll see, we'll see how you they never goes. know. Um, yeah, this this sport kind of wild. This is this so, is the only main event, by the way, this weekend that actually like didn't end via injury. It was no freak show, right? Scenario. <laughs> yeah, it was a normal fight, not really exciting, but it was a normal. Normal. You know, yeah, it was just normal. Um, but MVP won uh, unanimous decision. He got forty-eight, forty-seven across the board. So congrats to him. We'll get to see him versus Lima uh, later. That'll be later this year. Probably in May. I think they. I think they booked it already. Yeah, yeah. I think they they had a date. It was either it's sometime like close to the summer around like May. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll get to see that. So that'll be that'll be an interesting fight. Moving down. I'm realizing now that I'm looking at this card. Um, specifically at this fight that I don't remember this fight. <laughs> I don't remember what happened. But uh, Miracle Crocop made his Bellator debut, uh, fighting Mr. Roy Nelson. Um, uh, yes, he out kickboxed the crap out of Roy Nelson. That's basically it. All I remember is Roy Nelson being mad at the decision, like he thought. Roy Nelson thinks he won every fight he's ever been in, including the ones where he's been knocked <laughs> out. So, <laughs> like he, he he's a like. Oh, that by the way, you want if you want to know how. Freaking deranged Roy Nelson is. Apparently, he bit Krokov during the fight, threatened him with like a weapon after the fight, like told the athletic commission that he had slippery feet or some shit. Like, and like Krokov had to report Nelson to like the 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 athletic commission. They had to search Nelson's locker room for a weapon. <laughs> like, yeah, no, like, dude. Roy, what are, like what are you doing with your life? Chillax. Yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a Roy Nelson fan, but that's that's a little too much, bro. Um, you gotta you gotta sit down, just, just go chill just out. Learn to lose, God. You've done it yeah, 17 times. <laughs> oh man, yeah, it, it is what it is, Roy. You just you gotta take the L sometimes, bro. The cook, cookie don't always crumble in your favor. Um, but, you know, congrats to Crow Cop. I don't know how old he is. I forgot, but he's out here still winning. Like, um, Crow Cop is legitimately, like, in that 
crafty veteran, I'm still getting better even if I'm physically deteriorating like range of like his career. Yeah, like the, the skill set's still it's there. still there and is adapting to the fact that he's not, you know, the same dude he was when he was twenty five. Mm. But, you know, he's still there. Shout out, shout out to Krokop. Holding holding uh, holding it down for all this. He would absolutely oh, wreck yeah. Fedor if they fought right now. And I say that knowing that they are try somebody somewhere is trying to make that fight, whether it's Sakaki Ibarra or Coker. Uh, I don't want to think about that. It's <laughs> uh, another it's another topic for another day. Krokop <laughs> uh, won via unanimous decision. Oh my God! This next fight. So, Whoa. Sensei, if um if you paid a man, <laughs> what, what was it like three hundred thousand dollars? Like his first fight on like a a one point five million dollar deal, and that was the performance he turned in. How would you feel? Um. I'm going to refer to our contract and the secret page that says refund uh, if I'm not satisfied. <laughs> I'm, I'm making something up and I'm getting my money back. Um, or you can keep the 300000 but the rest of this contract, yeah, we're shredding that. Dude, after, after Minikov almost got the shit beat out of him by, who is his name, uh, DJ Linderman, they should have shredded that contract. And just let him go to Bell and go to the UFC or whatever the hell he wanted to do. Because, like, that was not worth $300,000. Yeah, this, this, this fight was, um... Oh, um... Yeah. As somebody who was really hyped and, like, happy to see Minikov back in Bellator... Within about a round, I was like, "Oh no, this is this is gonna be one of those." Was that was that worth a f- freaking six year holdout? Yeah, whatever it was, like. like and I, I I'm not the guy to like bash fights, but this was not good. Um, it was not good at all. Like he kept like flailing in with that right hand. It just looked. I don't know. Like, the first round, I was like, all right, maybe not ring rut. Well, yeah, rut, because he hadn't fought in, like, two years. No, he did he, he fight um, Tony Johnson not too long ago. Yeah, I, that was a couple of years ago. Really? I don't, I don't, yeah, I don't oh, think that Oh, wow, you're right. It was 2017. Yeah. So, like, you know what? First round, all right, maybe ring rust, I guess. I don't know. You know, getting his feet back under him. Whatever. I'll, I'll give you a pass. And the second and third round, it, it, it didn't get better. Um... And I was kind of mad at Congo because, like, I, I wanted Minikov to win this fight, but then it got to the point where I was like, you know what, I don't care who wins this anymore. I want this off my screen. I want this to be over. Um, and Congo wasn't doing himself any favors in the beginning either. And I'm like, Minikov is just kind of out here flailing around. And it's like, Congo, check if you could just string together one, like, coherent, cohesive combo... You can make this a fight, like. <laughs> I mean, but no, like, he has to he has to go for a takedown. Yeah, you know, the yeah. clinch, like that, that, that's where Chicago yeah. that, that's where Chicago makes his money. He, yeah. he, he was a former yeah. 
you know, world championship wrestler. Don't forget. <laughs> yeah, I'm just watching this. Like, what is on my screen right now? Like, what? Am... I mean, he turned it up in the third round. Like, he, he he was really going hard towards the end of it. Yeah, and I'm gonna guess ultimately. <laughs> the thing is, I think <laughs> to be honest, I think Minikov won the first two rounds. Congo definitely won the last because he, yeah, like you said, he he definitely he finally like, oh, I, I'm in a fight. I can punch and kick and like do stuff. Um, but to be honest, like by the end of the fight, because it was so bad, I didn't care that the guy who I thought won didn't win, because I just didn't care. Like, if Kong, if y'all say Congo wins, he wins. I'm as long as this is off my screen, I'm happy, <laughs> because this, this. Yeah, this this is a bad fight. And like I said, I'm not the guy who really complains about a lot of fights, even if they're boring. But this was not a good fight. This for for, for somebody of Vitaly's skill set that we've seen before, and even for Congo, even though he doesn't always put on like the best, you know, we we've kind of seen him in some that was some this. a lot. Yeah, but it's just like this is what y'all did. Like this, y'all did all this training, and this is this. This is what we got. Like you have all this money to invest in the fighters, and this is this is what you spent two million dollars on. Like yeah. And <laughs> and my, and my, literally my first thought after this fight, regardless of who would have won this, even if Minikov would have got his hand raised, first thought after this fight was over, like oh Ron Bader's a heavyweight yeah. champ. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. That's that's that's. I, I told you. <laughs> Everybody's bad. Ryan Bader's here. Get used to it. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Ron Bader's taking the. the I think the. Bader. I think the real question is: Is Ryan Bader going to fight Krokop or Congo next? Yeah, because that. <laughs> I know Krokop is only one fight in his Bellator career, but um. If we're judging the based off performances that were impressive, Crow Cop has to get the nod. And as bad as that sounds, because Congo, he's on like a pretty good streak. Dude, right Chick Congo's like the winningest heavyweight in Bellator history. Right. Do you have. Is it eight? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight wins in a row. Nine, yeah. 10, 11, 12. And he's like twelve and two in Bellator overall. But you know what's funny? Mm-hmm. Last loss was to a two hundred five. Mm-hmm. One that Ryan Bader <laughs> knocked out in the first fifteen seconds <laughs> of their fight. But like since two thousand and fifteen, the uh, Congo's last loss was a King Mo at Bellator one thirty four in two thousand fifteen. Since then, he's reeled off eight. I'd like to point out, like he beat. Alexander Volkov during that run. Right. Beat Volkov, beat Tony Johnson. Realistically, Czech Congo is a top 15 heavyweight, and there's nothing yeah. anybody else can say about that. Because it's true, yeah. and you know it. So he's got a good streak going, but it's like, bro, after that performance, man, I'm not... The only thing that makes me want to put you against Bader is that this might just make Bader look good. Like, he might just go in there and mollywop you. Or take you down and just kind of beat you up. But in terms of like, 
if I want to put on a fight that I think could be somewhat competitive, yeah, I'm not throwing Congo in there against Vader. And that sounds crazy to me to even say out loud, but it's... Maybe I've just been shortchanging Vader. Um, yeah, he's going to come in there with that leaping left hook. He's going to get Congo out of there. Or he's just going to wrestle him and just, just... If Congo comes in like that, like he did in those first two rounds, you can, that, that's, that fight's going to be a wash. Um, Lord, I, I can't remember the last time... I can't think... <laughs> This Minikov performance, I can't think of many other fights that I've been so disappointed in. Um, yeah, this this one hurt. This this as a Minikov fan, as somebody who wanted to see him, like a couple years ago, I was calling for him. Well, a lot of us were to be in the UFC because like he was clearly like the best heavyweight outside of the UFC when he was on his. It just run. seems pretty clear. And MMA has been a back, like an afterthought in his life. Because, like, he has a government job, if I remember correctly. I don't know. I don't, I don't know. But I'm not itching to see a Minikov fight again. No. This left a pretty bad... This <laughs> left a pretty bad taste in my mouth. Um, so Chuck Gongo got the win unanimous decision. Maybe he didn't really win the fight. You probably could argue that Minikov won the first two rounds, but like I said, the fight was so bad that I just I don't care. I, I don't care who won, because um, we we all lost. Let me check. Congo won. Yeah, he uh, yeah he. Check won. Check Congo out here just silently being one of the most consistent heavyweights on the planet. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that's, that's MMA for you. Check Congo inconsistent. Wait, hold up. Wait. As, uh, yeah, and he beat Javi Ayala, which, who was coming off way over Sergey Kuratov. Yeah, he's Congo for for all bad I can say about the performance. He's been holding it down. Like the the man is like forty five years old and still bugging away. Yeah, post post UFC career has actually treated him pretty well. He's 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 been out here, but that fight boy. Watch that uh, at your own risk. And if you if you want to laugh at Bellator, I say go for it. Because, again, yeah. they didn't need to do all this for a Russian heavyweight nobody in the U.S. probably cares about. Like, they could have took that money, invested it in, you know, some young dudes who could uh, who could potentially be the next guy. Yeah, I don't know. They could they could have they could have probably marketed some of their uh, other champions a little better. With like three hundred million, uh, three hundred thousand dollars, two hundred, uh, two million dollars for the next two years, but now nah, they were like, we really need Vitaly Minikov back. Maybe the, maybe this is like the trade off for Fedor. They were like, okay, we'll, we'll we'll give him more money if you come back and fight in the the uh, the tournament for us. I don't know. I don't know. One of them back and you got him. Is what you got, but. That that was that fight. That mo moving on. Wait 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 wait. You know what this means? Czech Congo is the lineal Bellator heavyweight champion. Maybe mm. mm. Volkov and Minikov. Wasn't Volkov the champion? Yeah, he was, and then Minikov took it off him. So Congo's champ. Congo is the official Bellator. Lineal <laughs> Bellator. Oh man. 
Congo the goat on the low. <laughs> on the low, Congo's the goat. Oh boy. Um. Yeah, that's. I don't know, but Bellator. Just I mean, Bellator I guess, I guess Cole Conrad's still the lineal Bellator heavyweight champion, but he's gone. Yeah. Dairy uh, products aren't going to sell themselves. <laughs> boy, oh boy. Um, move, moving on to other happenings. Yaroslav Amosov versus Eric Silva. I should know up to this point that Eric Silva fights. Are things that I shouldn't get excited for, but I'm stupid, so <laughs> I still hold on to that one percent hope. Um, Silver looked good in the first round. You know, he looked okay. Um, this was a typical Eric Eric Silver fight where in the first round he looks good, he's striking good, things are going his way, he's full of energy. Second, third round, not so much. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yaroslav just able to take him down, tire him out, beat him up a little bit. And the silver we saw in the first round just continued to disappear more and more, more and more. So he just kind of withered away. Um, yeah, Amasov just really, this fight was basically, he weathered the storm in the first round. And then in the second and third, he just came back and poured it on silver. Um, just be able to really dominate with his wrestling grappling so on and so forth and i forgot his record he's he's undefeated right uh i'm a sub yes yeah so uh he's at so many wins and oh I, I don't know i forgot what his actual record 21 is. and oh i think it's yeah so 21 and oh fell to a welterweight um yeah. like I, I didn't think his performance was good at 21 and oh i'm not saying he's like a world beater but I mean, it's it's a it nice is. record to throw somebody at. Yeah. Like, see if he, like he's only twenty five. He could he he's still developing. Like, I I wasn't blown away by what I saw. Um, like I'm one of those people who thinks like Eric Silva's gotten better actually since like he he was getting knocked by stun gun. I think he fights smarter. But it's just like the, he, the gap is still there in knowledge and yeah. athlete, like in, in the athleticism it was so key to his game. It's yeah, but um, no, like uh, like it, it was a solid performance. It was like a workman performance from Amosov. Um, I, I I don't know how he handles the top of the division, but <clears throat> um, he doesn't have to worry about that because they're all busy. Murdering each other. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I guess he could fight <laughs> Koreshkov or something, but I think Koreshkov is fighting. Um, who is he fighting? He's fighting in April, I think, or next month. But we'll we'll see. Y- Yaroslav handled business. Eric Silva. Oh, this this is his Bellator debut, right? No, I want to say this is like his second fight. Is it? Unless he pulled out his first fight. No, it was his first fight. Oh, yeah, he was supposed to fight Lawrence Larkin last year, and then that fight ended up falling through. Probably dodged the bullet. <laughs> I don't know. But Eric Silva continues to do Eric Silva things. Meanwhile, Yaroslav Amosov is continuing his undefeated streak. So congrats to him. Um, kind of is what it is. 
And last fight on the main card, um, we mentioned her on the podcast when she got signed. Uh, Valerie Lareda, Taekwondo ace, uh, coming over to MMA, flyweight, uh, fighting Kobe Fletcher. Um, <laughs> as a Taekwondo fighter, you would think we'd get some kicks. There were no kicks. She came out with the hands. Yeah, there were kicks. She threw, she threw a, oh. the axe kick, the spinning hook kick. And the 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 uh the kick that ended the fight. That that my man, my that man. for some reason like she kicked her in the body so hard that Kobe like her head snapped back like it got like she got rocked and then proceeded <laughs> to fall to the ground. <laughs> All right, my yeah my, my memory shot. I didn't like I said I only got a chance. I didn't rock, rewatch any of the Bellator card. I just remember like oh she won with the hands like. I know, but she, no, she, like, she was really aggressive with the hands, which I did not expect. Um, yeah. She was out there throwing bombs, uh, which is good. It's easier to cut. It's easier to train an aggressive fighter to be more productive with their offense than it is to 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 to, to, take, to train a passive fighter to be more aggressive. Yeah. And then she went out. She you know she went out there, got the first round knockout. And proceed to cut just like the the best promo that Eddie Bellator fighters probably ever cut since like Marcus Galvao won the title and said he finally fulfilled his promise to his dead mom. Yeah, she 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 went out there, man. All all the tears were out. I think she cried from the time she won until she left yep. the cage. Like she like she never she never stopped. Like, she is young. She's only twenty. Yeah. Um, like she's like, and she's been through a lot. Her mom, like the, her her mom's battle with leukemia, essentially missing out of the Olympics because, like, you know, she's missed so much time training, just taking care of her family because she was responsible for her sisters while you know her par- her parents were dealing with that. Um, yeah, and like I, I, like you could tell this was just super important to her. Yeah, and yeah, she came out there and uh. She got that done real quick. <laughs> yeah, by about two, barely, not even three minutes into the fight, she got it yeah. done. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully they don't do what they did to, um, what's her name? Uh, Heather Hardy. Is a runner ragged. Yeah. Yeah, because she's, like, literally, like, new to MMA. Like, bring her along slowly. I mean, know. yeah, yeah. and, like, she, she's younger and she seems like a, uh, a more adept athlete for MMA than Heather Hardy did, but you know why risk it? You, you got yeah, yeah somebody who could be special. Yeah, I was gonna say. I think if you if you take your time and build her up, she could be that could be another face um, of the company. You know, a la like a seems like a Lima Lee McFarland's turning into. Right. Might you might have another one of those on your hands if if you build her and up. That and that could she, be a big fight for you. Right. So. Yeah, and, and also like I said, and women's flyweight in a division that's uh, starting to like get more established. So you, you kind of want to bring your prospects up slowly so they they pan out right. But it, yeah, big big congrats to her. Like I said, super emotional win. She looked good, real aggressive. Definitely looking forward <laughs> to seeing her fight again. Um, and we'll we'll see how her career progresses from this point. But that was the main card. Um, I mean, to be honest, <laughs> I think Lareda and, and I'll say Lareda and Krokop probably had like the best 
I guess you say fights. Well, the Raiders didn't last that long, but they, they had the best but, moments. Like yeah, because this card moments. as a whole, was all, yeah, because this card as a whole, kind of like the last one was kind of eh, you know, cool. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, we don't got to talk about the prelims, but just the one, just the one Tyrell Fortune went out there and knocked um some guy. Literally, some guy. His name is Ryan. Ryan. I was. Prokrifki? Ryan ate some right hands. Yeah, right hands. That's what happened. (laughs) On the way down. Like, you know, just. That's probably the most comfortable Tyrell Fortune's looked in MMA so far. So, if you're keeping up with his development, like, he looked good. So. Yeah. Good good things happen. At heavyweight. In Bellator. Which, right. <laughs> Which is just, that's an amazing They're thing. They're one good heavyweight uh, prospect. And he says, he, uh, I think that was him, they said that, uh, they mentioned during the fight. Yeah, he wants to fight names now. Like, he said he's tired of fighting nobody. Um, I don't know. We'll, we'll see how that turns out, but as hard as he hits, um, he, he might be able to give anybody some problems. So we'll, we'll see, but congrats to him. I'm glad he is out here doing well. Um, so that was Bellator uh, 216. Uh, for Bellator, it was a very meh weekend, to be honest. Like, there were a couple, there were moments here and there, but overall, it's just kind of... Like, guys, you guys need to stop relying on these heavyweights to get you, like, views and stuff. Yeah, Matt Mitrione and Karatanov is not. A, that's that's not what we want in 2019. Like, yeah, that ain't that ain't it, Chief. Like, yeah, <laughs> like we we don't want to see Czech Congo and freaking like, and that's the thing. Like, if you're gonna do these fights, like spread them out at least. Like, you know, make them all co-main events on some other card with like more interesting fights at the top. Right. And, I can't even say that because the freaking upcoming cards are well, only one of them is. Constructed so far, it's the 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 what is it the um Gallagher card where he's headlining after getting knocked out. Riddle me that. Um, and then the one after that, I think is Korskov, and that's the only fight on the card. Korskov Warkin, I think it is. Oh, yeah. I don't know. I I, I think. Trying to match the UFC schedule in terms of just like, okay, we have to put out so much content is probably not the smartest thing. Yeah, because they, they don't have the. Yeah. Like, and you see it with LFA too, where they're running like 30 cards and a year, and like they're already up to 60 and they've only been around a couple years. It's really, it's really concerning. I don't know. Well, uh, we'll see. <laughs> but, yeah, that, that, that was Bellator 216. Oh, like I said, all, all in all for Bellator. Kind of kind of just a meh weekend. Minus a few moments here and there. So, I don't know. You go back, check them out. Maybe just check out the fights that you were interested in uh, as a fan to watch. But you, you don't got to go through the trouble of watching the entire card. Just pick a fighter you wanted to see. Go see how they did. Probably move on with the rest of your day. Just watch highlights. You didn't miss a, a ton, to be honest. Speaking, um, of, speaking but, about not missing a ton. Oh, God. Mm, mm. And heavyweights who need right. to retire. 
Yeah, moving on to the uh, main event of this podcast. So, before we talk about the actual fights, I just want to point something out. Um, UFC on ESPN 1. First broadcast on ESPN. Uh, the Or main card broadcast, I should say. Um, I like the, 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 the slight adjustments they've made to the programming. Like, I like having... Um, like Trevor Whitman there, like he's not always great, but like I, I like having somebody there who can, uh, you know, give an opinion about like what corner advice was. I liked um, the stuff they were doing with Megan Levy, where she was just like randomly walking around, and like all of a sudden she's in the octagon explaining what's about to happen. Uh, did not like the dude who was pretending to pick his own nose. Um, behind her. <laughs> I mean, everybody wants their 15 minutes. Mm, that's, the new, that's the 2019 version of the Just Bleed guy. Um, yeah. What else? Like, you know, they, they, they just did things slightly different and it made the broadcast feel more full. So I, I will give them credit for that. Like, I, 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 I'm a, I think I'm going to like this deal moving forward. Yeah, it, it seems things seem like they just run smoother. Like the event feels like it flows good, it, it's paced well, like it, it feels like things are just moving along as I'm right. watching. Like it's, it's it's a very it's a cohesive, it's a nice fluid experience. Um No it's not but, fluid. Yeah. <laughs> Heavyweight MMA. Uh Cain Velasquez's knees. Oof. Yeah. Not not fluid. I mean, they all. might be fluid now. <laughs> Nothing but liquid. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So main main event UFC on ESPN, which went down uh, Sunday night, uh, in Arizona. Yeah. You know what? Before we even talk about the fights, um, the Arizona crowd is trash. Yeah, Phoenix. What the hell? Like, yeah, y'all are trash. Like all of y'all. Are, like all right, maybe like you know, there might have been a section. I ain't gonna say all of y'all, but I'm gonna say ninety eight percent of that crowd was garbage. Trash. Yeah, like, I appreciated um, Courtney Casey's family and friends, I guess, who were like out there with like the cast iron Casey um, signs and stuff because I thought that was cool because we don't get to see a lot of signs at MMA events. Uh, but like that was basically it. The rest of y'all it suck. I get it. You live in the hottest city in America. It makes you a jerk. But control right. control yourself. <laughs> Yeah, y'all got to y'all got to calm down. Yeah, y'all booing and these people out here like getting like CTE. Like what the, what is wrong with you? Like and we'll, I mean we'll we'll get to the fight eventually, but like I remember during the Holtzman Lentz fight, which, you know, not two fighters that I'm like really big fans of or you know, pay much attention to. But dudes are out there just like slinging. And then as soon as they clinch, it's a boo fest. And it's like, dude, they just punched each other in the face for like five minutes straight i think if they want to clinch for a little bit you're fine like it's it's okay um but we'll (laughs) we'll get to that uh later but main event Cain velasquez francis and ganu uh you know pretty much the storyline around this fight we haven't seen kane and god knows how long so he's coming back what's he gonna look like are we gonna get uh the old Kane, or is he going to be depleted? Um, you know, 
how's Ngannou going to look? You know, he, he, he had his little stint of fights that were kind of terrible, but he bounced back against Curtis Blades. Is Kane going to be able to hang with that power? And just... <laughs> I knew this fight was going to end bad within, like, the first, like, five seconds when it starts. And Kane is bouncing around and throwing kicks. And... I just thought that was really awkward. So I, my like, thought process is okay. He's trying to get, um, like Chris Weidman did against, um, God, what's his name, Munoz, where he's trying to get the the the, uh, the guy, the other guy, to stand up straight so that he can go underneath for the takedown, which is what he tried. Problem being, this isn't 2013 anymore. Um, and Velasquez moves much like his contemporaries in the heavyweight division. Um, that is to say, not very quickly. And the second he went up against Nganu, like strength for strength, it looked like he hit a wall. Yeah, he came to... <laughs> it's funny you say that, because like what... When... The way he moved around and approached this fight, to me, it literally did look like... It looked like Kane thought he was back in, like, 2010. And that he was just gonna, like, go in there and fight somebody who clearly, like, didn't have his skill set. Wouldn't be able to hang with his strength or... Like, he was gonna go in there and just kind of steamroll him. And it's like, bro, this is a new breed now. Like... You can't. It's not even that. It's just that you're not that guy anymore. Yeah. Like, that and, like, your comeback fight. <laughs> Props to the Kane for, like, taking this fight, but this is not the guy you want to have a comeback fight. Against. Literally. Especially coming off of an end. Literally injury, the like. last guy you want to have a comeback fight against. Besides maybe, like, Stipe. Because the entirety of Francis Ngannou's game is, like, reads and appropriate like ridiculous amounts of just hand-eye coordination where he doesn't even have to have like good distance on you to know that he can get into a position to hit you like it took Stipe Miocic a ridiculous amount of like being able to box with him and to throw off his reads to be able to do that, and Cain Velasquez has never been that type of dude. Like he is just, I'm putting my head down, and we're going to just bang it out. Like my wrestling against your your striking, and I'm just going to be quicker and stronger than you. And he was never going to be quicker and stronger than Ganu. Like there were yeah. two things that were guaranteed in this fight: is that Ganu would be big, strong, and have like amazing like hand-eye coordination. And Cain Velasquez would, like, try to come forward and, like, cause collisions because that's what Cain Velasquez does because that's the only way he knows how to fight. Because if you go back and watch the Verdum fight, he did that repeatedly and just ended up making himself tired. <sighs> All right, so let's, let's get to the finish, which only took 26 seconds to, <laughs> to uh, happen because the, the finish was kind of wild, so... <laughs> I don't even really know how to describe this to anybody who didn't see it, but 
So they have just this little flurry moment, I guess, if you want to call it. They're they're in close quarters. They're kind of throwing. Kane Kane came in kind of reckless. Trying to get the takedown. Yeah. Um. He rushed in, and Ganu was like, "No, we're not having any of that." Um. I don't even know if the first two punches in Ganu threw landed. I think somebody somebody said like the second one caught the back of Kane's head. I don't even remember. It all happened. I got it right here. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's see. So Kane shoots. And Ganu's just like, nope. Just not doesn't even like sprawl. It's just he just pushes off on him. Pushes him, yeah. It's like, bro, just get off me. Like <laughs> just get off. He pushes off him, me. angles out, hits him with an uppercut, and then like hits him with a hook that lands like kinda right behind the ear. It, it, it's like glancing. But you know, Ngannou Yeah. He, he, he can he look can. at you hard and knock you out, like and the, the the shot that nobody seems to be talking about is the uppercut that happened like right before knees Kane's knee. Yeah, like just kind of like. And um, Velasquez tried to put, play it off at the press conference as he didn't hit me clean. My body just gave out, which is not a good. That's no like, that's not a good excuse. Um, but yeah, no, he landed that uppercut. Um, and that seemed to be the thing that sent Game Velasquez hurtling forward. Well, I they, I just seen an article, and this was just posted this morning. According to Kane, his side of the story, uh, he says he wasn't touched. He said he didn't even touch me. It was the knee. Once I felt the knee buckle, that was it. None of his punches did anything to me to where I was unbalanced or anything. It was just a freak thing that happened. He said he took one step. And his knee just gave out. Um, well, he took one step on his left foot. He felt something pop. He took another step, and it just gave out. So uh, we just uh, let's rewind really quickly to December 2016 when Cain Velasquez was getting ready to rematch um, Fabrizio Verdum, and he went to the media and was like, "Yeah, I need cannabis oil to walk, let alone train, because walking hurts." And then the Nevada State Athletic Commission, not even like a week or two later, pulls him from the fight because they rule him medically unfit to compete. Now, Sensei, what amazing, <laughs> amazing fight occurred last November? The trilogy bout between. Chuck Liddell and Ooh. Tito Ortiz. Chuck Liddell got licensed for that fight. Yeah. Like, that should tell you how low the bar is to be licensed right. to fight <laughs> in the United States. And Cain Velasquez yeah. couldn't even clear that bar. Yeah, that, uh... This that says, that says this was poorly, poorly thought out by everybody involved. And, like, because a lot of people, I, I'm still seeing literally this still being argued, like, on the timeline, literally at this moment, about, oh, like, Ngannou didn't win, it's just Velasquez's knee. I mean, up. no. Listen, listen y'all, I, I, I don't like to be the bearer 
of uh, bad news. I, I like Kane too, even though he destroyed uh, my homeboy JDS's career. So I'm like a little salty about that. But like that that aside, listen, man. It makes um, you feel any better. It seems like that those fights also ruined his own career. <laughs> like, listen, man. This fight probably wasn't gonna end any other way. Like, y'all can't tell me in good faith with a straight face. That Kane coming in here throwing these little kicks and 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 trying to rush Francis Ngannou thinking he was gonna overpower him that this fight was really gonna end any other way. I'm sorry, I don't believe that. I I I don't believe that. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong. I don't sucks. think it, uh, his knee probably did give out. Yeah, 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 yeah. And I'm not saying his knee. Did, I'm pretty sure his knee. I mean, you could see it. Like his like he. It it clearly buckled. So yeah, I'm not I'm not saying his knee didn't give out. Like that definitely. He also happened. hit his head against Ngannou's chest and seemed to hurt himself. I, I'm I'm just saying that knee, no knee, vibranium knee, two knees, whatever you want to say. I don't think this fight ends any other way. Better his knee go out than his head get lifted off. Cause <laughs> I I just don't see how this fight would have went. I just, and may, maybe I could be, I'm I'm banking on the fact that I'm going to stand 100% behind the statement. I could be wrong. Maybe, maybe he comes back another fight and proves me wrong. But I just, I don't see it. Like, I, I just think there was a reason this guy was out of the sport for so long. And I know that hurts. Like, I get it, man. When Kane was in his prime, the dude was just a freak. He was out here just steamrolling everybody. It was amazing to watch. The dude was just. He was unstoppable. Listen, man, all the Supermans in this sport have gotten their capes ripped off at some point, and I think this just might have been, this was just kind of his moment. Like, it, it happens. It, it happens. Um, but I don't know. Maybe we'll see him back. I don't know. Um, no. He no, said he felt no, good. no. I, I want to <laughs> see him back. I want to see him fight ever again. I want to see him walk oh, ever no. again. Like, this is, uh, this man should not be fighting. Like, this man should not be training. Oh my, like. It, uh, yeah. Like, it's only going to get worse. And the thing is, like, even if, <laughs> even, let, let's just hypothetically speaking, let's say, in, in in alternate reality, let's really we'll, we'll take Kane's word. All right, not, let's say none of the punches really really like landed flush, and it was just his knee that just kind of gave out. Even considering just that, considering Kane's injury history, which we all know is very well documented, if your knee just randomly buckled and nobody hit you, considering your injury history, your age. The amount of punishment your body has been through in this sport, that's still not a good sign. To me, that almost makes it worse, that nobody hits you. And it's not like it was a, a, a Chandler Primus where, like, you know, you got leg kicked and, like, your leg just, like, died somehow. <laughs> you had to drag it. You know, it wasn't one of those. So you're saying nobody literally hits you and your knee just, you know. And it, it'd be different if Kane was, like, 20, you know, 23, 25. I was like, all right, his knee gave out, whatever, he's young, heal up, come back, we'll see you next time around. Dude is in his mid-30s, he spent a good amount of his career injured, 
that this just isn't that you can't spin this and make it like a feel good like I I don't see it. I just I don't see it. I don't see any way you can spin this and make it seem like no big deal or his knee just gave out, he'll be back. Like no, this this is bad. This is this fifteen is... seconds into a fight, his knee gave out. That that's what you're telling me. A man who has a history of just every joint in his body just being bad. Yeah. And you're like uh, Yeah, no, like it's not good. This 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 is the point, and we'll we'll get off this fight because like it's not a ton to talk about other than I feel like the aftershock is really more than to talk about than the actual fight. <laughs> but like th- this is the point where like we mentioned on this podcast a lot, where like we I feel like this needs to happen across all sports, but I feel like MMA is just really bad at this. Like we gotta start protecting the athletes. Like we gotta start saving them from themselves. Like dude, like I know. And I'm not saying, like, it's the easiest thing to do. Like, I'm pretty sure, you know, he's been fighting for a good part of his life. It's something he loves. You know, it, it was something he was historically great at. Um, but, like, at some point, man, you just gotta... You gotta let it go. Like, you just... You can't throw him back out there in good conscience. And especially after that, like, seeing his knee blow out... Just, like, <laughs> I don't want to see that for him. I don't want to see him try to come back in like another six months and we have like some repeat and you know just nah man I'm good I'm good you gave me enough memories you wrecked pretty much almost everybody you fought minus like two people you you gave me enough footage that I'm happy and your your place is etched in MMA history and heavyweight MMA history and you know what? Even with this performance, I'm not gonna take it away from you. I'm not gonna overlook what you've done, the people you've beat, how you beat them. But at some point, bro, we gotta we gotta stop. We gotta stop, man. Don't don't add any more to this. Um, that's that's that though. Um, I I hope he heals up. I hope I hope is. I I don't know how bad the injury was, so I, I hope it's not not anything too crazy. But um, yeah, yeah, man. Just, so that that might that's the chapter we might. Yeah. Through. Um. Uh, so according to Dana White, Daniel Cormier's next opponent's all worked out. No idea who it is. Probably Lesnar or Miocic. Unless, you know, um, he also you know out with a back injury. And Ganu versus uh, let's see. The winner of JDS. Who's JDS fighting again? Oh, Derek Lewis. Well, I think you only do that if JDS wins. I don't think any of us need another. Uh... <laughs> Lewis and Ghana was not a rematch I'm looking to looking forward to on my calendar. Um, Heavyweight's kind of running thin right now. I mean, if they're not doing the Stipe fight, like they could, um, I guess you don't want to do that either. Huh? Top of that division's weird. So, who's Alexander Volkov coming off of? Oh, no, he's fighting Overeem. Oh, right, right. So if he beats yeah. Overeem, maybe they do that fight. We'll see. We'll see. But. Main event, man. That you you can watch the whole hot the whole fight in a gif. Yeah. 
pretty much. Um, well, I don't know. We'll we'll see what happens with that. But yeah, I'm, I, I'm not. I, I hope really they come out with a different camera angle for that knockout because they only had the one that they kept replaying from behind Engano. Which, well, I, that was kind of the only one though that you could see the uppercut from. Kind of so. At least you can infer that he landed. But, I mean, they got they got cameras on all eight pillars. They should be able to come up with like another angle that's a little cleaner, right? Yeah, I, I would guess. Yeah, I, I, I don't. I don't know, but the MMA gods came through on this main event, and they they shut it down. Yeah, yeah they 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 said nobody's having fun. All y'all kids got to go home, yep. and they they sent us home. Um, so that was the main event, man. Um, it it is what it is. Um, but moving Just on, real quick, point out three ESPN cards, three first round finishes in the main event. Two of which barely didn't probably even go 45 seconds. Right. <laughs> I wonder if ESPN's happy. Well, on ESPN Plus, it probably doesn't freaking matter, but like on ESPN proper, like, I can't imagine they're too happy with that. So, yeah, it's, it's the fight business for a reason. This is, why, yeah. this is why TV stations never really like boxing, because they never knew when the fight was going to be over and they had all this time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just it's just one of them things. Um, but that fight is what it is. We'll we'll see what they do with Ngannou next. And Kane, I hope hope the knee heals up. But moving on to better happenings. Co main event, Paul Felder, James Vick. Um good good to see Felder outside of the commentary booth and back fighting not that i don't like his commentary but well, you're, in, you're not gonna see him in the commentary booth for a while because uh he punctured his lung in the last round of this fight Ooh. yeah no he's in the hospital right now lord well I, I i guess not too shocking considering just felder fight seems to always be pretty violent so <laughs> the man just he's one of those fighters like that's that's you you get a Felder fight, you know that violent happenings are are going down, whether he wins or loses. Um, so yeah, about Felder and Vic, it, it was a pretty pretty fun fight. Um, I was trying to figure out the words to frame Vic's performance because he he had moments like Vic, obviously really rangy really long and lanky for the division when he did decide to like move forward and like he might lunge in with like a three punch combination he was catching Felder because he just he's so long and rangy like and Felder's not like the most defensively sound fighter I've ever seen not he's not terrible but like he he's hittable you you can you can catch him and like Vic when he decided to lunge in was catching him but I don't know, was it me? It, it could have been a, a result of those calf kicks that Felder was just abusing James Vick with. But for some reason, I don't know, to me, Vic seemed like he was just, like, off the fight. Like, he wasn't using his range as, as well as I've seen him do in other fights. Felder was tagging him uh, with a couple hard shots. He, Felder and these spinning back fists and elbows... I feel, I feel like he just practices these, practice these in his sleep because they just, he just throws them and they just land. Like, <laughs> he just knows the, the perfect time to get them off. Um, 
I don't know if Felder just got Vic really oh. uncomfortable. I think that was it. Um, like, yeah, like Fel- Felder was really just, aggressive early, and like I, I, I like, aggression is just James Vic's, um, you know, kryptonite. Like that's how Benil Darius got him out of there. That's how Justin Gaethje got him out of there. Like Felder r- refused to uh, respect uh, Vic's dis- uh, distance length. And like you said, those kicks just like get rid of your base real quick. And I, I'm almost gonna say, and I'm I'm only saying this based off of uh, from what they were saying about the corners. Um, <laughs> I'm gonna say like Felder. I think Felder like mentally took Vic out of the fight because they said like after the first round when Felder was landing the calf kicks that. Like, Vic goes back to the corner, tells the coach, oh, yeah, my calves hurt. Okay? What are you going to do about it? (laughs) Yeah. He's like, okay, we're we're in a fight. Like, yeah, your body's going to – I mean, I get it. Like, he's landing them really hard. But, like, if you just focus on, oh, my leg hurts, like, you're not – where's your – I don't know the word, resolve? I I, I don't know if that's even the word to use, but – it seemed like he got mentally taken out of the fight. Like, Felder just gave him so much that he just, <laughs> I think he just kind of got overwhelmed. And it's not like he, Vic didn't have moments. Like, he, he tagged Felder a couple of good times himself, but Felder just, like like he said, the man just, he didn't go away. And I think to Felder's credit, because we haven't seen him, I can't remember the last time he fought. Was it the Mike yep. Gray fight his last time? What year was it? Was that... Yeah, it was July. Yeah. But, um, Felder looked really good, though. Like, some of the best, uh, one of of the better fights I've seen of Felder. Like, he looked, like you said, really aggressive. Um, did not care what Vic was throwing. He was about that life. (laughs) But the spinning attacks just on point. Um, clinch work was pretty good. Um, he got caught a couple of times coming out to clinch. I think Vic caught him, like, elbow once, but... Felder's just really creative with his striking, but it's not like he's not out there just flailing and like wasting moments. Like he knows when to throw these spinning strikes. He knows he the man the man he, he's he's very skilled at what he does, and he knows when to pull the trigger and combine that with just like that kind of Iron Man toughness to where I'm just kind of like I'm just not really gonna go away. I'm just gonna stay in your face. The man is a handful to to deal with, and I think he just kind of overloaded Vic with offense. And I mean, Vic to Vic's credit, he took a lot of hard shots. Really, they both took a couple of hard shots. But Felder looked like that. That was the man on the mission. Like to me, Felder looked like he was really trying to make a statement, and he went out there and he he uh put some pause. <laughs> he put some pause on James Vic. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't really have a lot to add. Like, like is it like if you don't give Vic space, he is just he he mentally checks out. Um, I yeah no I don't I'm, I'm really trying to remember parts of the fight where like I had notes and stuff that I want to talk about, but I think you I think you basically got everything. Like, um, I'm curious. How long Felder's going to be out with the, with the rib injury? Because that he, he punctured his lung. 
that is painful. Um, yeah. And that would suck too, because like, it's, it's after the, in the post fight, like he said, he would love to fight Gaethje, or and I'm I'm all for that. Like, there are a lot of fun fights. I mean, really, any Paul Felder fight is a fun fight, but. You know, you, you see a, a matchup like him and Gaethje or even him versus Barboza. Like, there are a lot of good fights for him in this division. Um, yeah, it kind of sucks that yeah, you don't know how long this injury might keep him sidelined because that's, that's a bad injury. Yeah. Um, um, yeah. I'm happy Vic lost. You know, screw it. I didn't like his haircut. <laughs> 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 I don't know if that's how he's had his hair cut in all of his fights, and maybe I just didn't notice. But something about his haircut. He looked really, like, douchey. I mean, no. that sounds like James Vick. Yeah, could just be his face. Uh, I don't know. He has one of those, like, not not likable faces. No, fuck Team whatever. But, yeah, he got punched for it, so it's all good. Elbowed and kneed and all, all that good yep. stuff. <laughs> so... <laughs> But no, that no, like okay. thought, thought, like people keep telling James Vick to move up to like welterweight. And I'm not sure how well he does there, to be honest. Because like, like he is really one of those who just does not handle pressure well. And if he's dealing with like yeah. bigger dudes, we're gonna push him back and put him on the fence and like go to town on him. Like, yeah, I, I I get the move in terms of like his size, and I don't know how his weight cuts right. are. Like maybe maybe he's quicker um, there, and like he's he's able to use that to get out of those situations. But it just feels like he, that that's just a remedy to get knocked out again. Yeah, I think I think the holes in his game don't have anything to do with weight. Like him moving up to welterweight is not gonna. It's it's not gonna cure <laughs> the problems that right. he has. Yeah, it might actually make them kind of worse. Because um, now you, you're going to be fighting some, you know, bigger dudes who... They have real breakfast. Like, yeah, yeah. all respect in the world to uh, Benil Darius, but he is not a breakfasted individual. Yeah. Lord. Um, but we'll, we'll, uh, we'll, we'll see, but... Uh, congrats to Felder, man! Awesome fight. Really, one of his, one of his really good performance from him, and I hope he is able to heal up from that injury. That that really sucks. And in the division full of fun fighters, he's definitely a guy who you, just, you love to see fight night in and night out. Um, so I, I definitely want to see him back, but we'll we'll see how his injury goes. Um, for James Vick, um, if, if 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 you are a James Vick fan. <laughs> um, I think these these last two fights kind of solidify like he's not elite, um, which is fair. It's elite. it's lightweight. Like who really is? Yeah. Let's be real. It's like yeah. Arnie Ferguson, Khabib like, Nurmagomedov, sometimes Conor McGregor. Yeah, he he might just be in kind of like that middle range. Like he'll he'll string together a few wins, but when he gets to the big fight, probably not gonna happen. Um, and that's just kind of is what it is. But congrats to Paul Felder on an awesome performance. Uh, moving down, Cynthia Calvillo versus Courtney Casey. Um, <laughs> this fight was kind of weird to me. Um, first thought, as with any Courtney Casey fight, I'm like, how does she make straw weight? Because she is. Yeah, no, she is a big one. She is like 
I almost feel like she just needs to go up to, to fly weight. Like, I don't know how much of her camp is spent just on the weight cut. Because <laughs> she, she is huge for sure. And it shows in the way she fights because she is stiff as crud. Like, yeah. her and someone else we'll get to, Ashley Evan Smith, like, it's so noticeable that they are. You know, like, that, that, that. Not, not just that they have big weight cuts, but the weight cuts, that's the way they fight. Yeah, because with her size that she had over Calvillo, which was very apparent, like, <laughs> I just thought it was weird that the, the fight turned into basically, I guess you could say, kind of like a kickboxing match. There wasn't, I was surprised Calvillo didn't go for more takedowns, but she seemed to be pretty comfortable on the feet, so it just kind of stayed there. Um, I'm curious, like, I, I don't remember commentary saying, uh, if they said, like, Oh, she was planning to come out here and box with uh, Casey, you know, to get her rounds in. Or if, like, Calvillo, like, I, I like, and this is, uh, like, just been a conversation point around her as a prospect. She doesn't seem like the strongest wrestler. Like, she, she, she I'm, I'm struggling to remember a time where she actually, like, shot on somebody and was able to get them down. Um, like, maybe the first round against Esparza before Esparza realized, oh, she really isn't going to stop me if I try to take her down. Just hold her there. Um, but she outboxed Casey here. Like, like yep. She was just a step ahead. Uh, the She found success with like the jab to the body, the overhand upstairs. Um, okay, yeah, Casey just did not have it all going for her. Yeah, she... Yeah, Calvillo just did a better job of just kind of mixing things up and Casey was never able to really get in the rhythm. Casey almost, I don't know, I was really surprised at just, like, her lack of, like, output. Like, I just, I just felt like she didn't really, it's not that she didn't throw, but I don't know. I guess I thought I was going to get more. I think that comes back to Wake Up again, where, like, Casey is just not going to sit there and, like, I kind of, like, I, when Casey was first introduced, I kind of had her pegged as like a Carlos Condit type, where like she'd throw like all all this volume at you, and she, that would be the way she would like get people out of there, like with this crazy, unique, like spastic style of striking. But she just kind of tends to fight at whatever pace her opponent's fighting at. So if you're like picking her apart from the outside, she's gonna try to pick you apart from the outside back. And she doesn't really have a skill set for that. Like, that's just not her. Um, I, mean, I, I don't know if Calvillo's... Like, that was, like, the root of Calvillo's game plan or whatever. But she was just like, oh, if I'm just faster than her... Like, there's just no way she's going to be able to touch me. Yeah. And that's... <laughs> yeah, pretty much what happened. I guess, you know, a case of if it ain't broke, don't yeah. fix it. Didn't need to, didn't need to go for a takedown, because... Clearly, I'm just better like, on the K- Casey has physical tools she can use, but she just, for whatever reason, unless her opponent walks like walks her into that position to, to use them, she just seems content doing whatever. It's really weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would like to see Casey go yeah. up. Because like, I, I want to believe that like she's a lot more talented than what we've seen and that maybe this weight cut is just kind of like, it might just be too much. 
Um, I just want to see her fight with, like, a game plan. Because, like, like, it just seems like she goes out there and just fights whatever fight her opponent gives her. Yeah. Which is just not a recipe for success. Um, Especially when you're not but, a finisher. Yeah. But good on Calvillo. Um, you know, she won, won the fight in a fashion I didn't think she would. But, like, just completely all-standing. Um, so props to her. She, she called out Tatiana Suarez. Is, no, like so I, for the longest time, I've had like the, a hard time seeing like Calvillo as um like like a blue chip prospect, mostly because Tatiana Suarez exists, and she's just better at everything uh, Calvillo does. She's a better wrestler. She's a better grappler. Like, you could argue, she, argue she's a better striker. Yeah, see, my, my thing with the Calvillo, I mean... And she's bigger. Props to her. She, she has that much confidence in herself. And, you know, clearly she's trying to go after the top dog. So, I respect you for that. But I'm looking at how they match up. And I'm like, how can Calvillo finish this fight? Because you're not knocking Suarez out. Because, like I said, she's not really like a power puncher. Um, grappling, you can throw it out the window. That's that's not happening. So it's like I don't know what your avenue to win that fight is. Um, more experienced grappler. Like, yeah, you talk about size difference again. Because Suarez is pretty, pretty big for a stroke, and then like that, just that strength. Like she has that 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 different that, strength. She has that. I was on the world. Like, I was competing at Worlds. I am a legitimate medalist at the World Championships for freestyle wrestling, wrestling strength. And Tatiana Suarez, uh, like, no, Cynthia Cavillo was like a soccer player. Like, like, no offense. Like, you know, she's like a really good athlete, but like, just a difference in functional strength. Plus, there's levels. There's levels to this. we saw her her try to wrestle freaking Carlos Barza and then we saw Tatiana Suarez try to wrestle Carlos Barza and one of them looked a lot better than the other yeah but hey man I'm not Um, against the fight like yeah you believe in yourself hey man go for it Um, does Suarez have a fight lined up isn't she fighting like Mina Ansaroff or something I'm just making that up in my head I think Azeroth has a bigger fight coming up. Can't remember who. But, um, no, nah, Cal- yeah, Calvillo, though, ain't good, good performance against Casey. I don't know how the Suarez fight goes, but, hey, man, you, you that bold to call it out. I ain't mad at it. Um, yeah. so they booked that. Hmm. All right. So, we'll, uh, we'll see how that unfolds. But solid performance from Calvillo, showing she can, she can get it done on the feet. Um, so that was that fight. Uh, so Calvillo won via uh, unanimous decision. Lord, this next fight got my feelings hurt. Um, but this is a piggyback from our conversation earlier in the podcast that uh, maybe 2019 is just a year of the Gracies. Uh, Cron Gracie is here in the UFC. About John Fitch and or McDonald, like it's crazy. <laughs> Cron Gracie, man, he made his way to the UFC fighting Alex Caceres, my man Bruce Leroy. Um, 
just for me by default, just I always root for Bruce Leroy because he's Bruce Leroy. Um, but boy, did this fight end pretty quick. Um, like once Kron got a hold of uh, Caceres, it was pretty much. I mean, when Caceres turned his back on the guy <laughs> who was trying to take his back. <laughs> I, I can't help but feel like that was part of the matchmaking. Like, we're going to get Kron over. We're going to go with somebody who's good, but who also has the fatal flaw that he needs to win. Um, yeah, like, Kron is legit. Like, he is the low, most legit Gracie since, like like I said, since Victor Gracie debuted at UFC 12 all, all those decades ago. Like, um,. I, well, I guess Roger's been good, but that was only like one. Uh, Hodger, my bad. However, how you say his name? Um, yeah, no, like Bruce Leroy was always going to throw like spinning crap that left his back susceptible to getting like taken, and Kron was just there to take it. Um, like they, they're saying he's going to fight again in April. I'm like I'm I'm happy about that because like he disappeared for like two years after being Kawajiri. Um, I don't know, Doom might Doom might be legit. Yeah, like he's legit. Like he he is a bona fide good featherweight now. He's got the names on his resume, but he might be the one. He might be the Gracie star that everybody's been waiting for. And I think what's kind of scary about him is, like, I mean, we'll, we'll, we didn't get to see a ton of his striking, but, like, he's one of those guys that, like, <laughs> it, I want you to take me to the ground. So on the feet, I'm going to just do whatever. Because if it happens to go to the ground, whether I pull guard or you knock me down, it, it's over once it gets to right. the ground. So, like, he just he has that always in his back pocket that, you know, it's that, that Damian Maya effect. Uh kind of like that Jacare effect where it's like you you don't want to if I grab anything of you it, it might see, be I want I want to see it I want to see that tested I want I want to see somebody actually go to the ground with Kron the way that Gracie like a Gracie would go to the ground not him getting a takedown but getting taken down by like an Alexander Volkanovsky and having him throw his wild crazy ground and pound at his face I mean, I, I feel like we might as well just do uh, Gracie and Ryan Hall. I mean, I'm, I, I, that was the fight I wanted them to book when they signed him. But for whatever reason, da- Dana White hates Ryan Hall. <laughs> because he made, made her look bad or something. I don't know. Uh, well, yeah, I, I, I think that's the fight to make. And I mean, Ryan Hall didn't take much damage his last fight. Great Gracie didn't take much. I think that's the fight that could happen. Oh, you have your mic covered up. I can't hear you. Do I? Oh, not can hear you. There you go. I, I must have cut out. Um, um, but no, nah, yeah, that that yeah, Grace, Gracie's here. Um, two K nineteen takeover. We got Kron Gracie in UFC. Neiman Gracie in Bellator, who might realistically win a belt, albeit maybe for like one round, but <laughs> he he might win one. Um, yeah, great Gracie's ain't playing this year. Um, but now nah, well, yeah, we'll see. He's definitely crawling. You got to, you got to keep an eye on him. Cause that, that, yeah, that boy, 
that that jujitsu serious. Um, but congrats to him. He won via rear naked choke over Bruce Leroy. Hurt my heart, but you know it, it is what it is. Uh, this next fight, um, low key, we might have like an early contender for like fight of the year. Maybe at least an honorable mention of it. Um, Vicente Luque and Brian Barberina. Um, oh yeah, this this um this fight was very violent. Um, it was a Barberina fight. There was um just just back and forth, just a lot of punch, just a lot of offense. Um. And I, I enjoyed, I thought Bob Marina did a good job earlier in the, well, really, he did it through a lot of the fight. Um, just a lot of combinations also, you know, one, twos, jab, jab, uppercut, something, just a lot of, it was a lot of good, meaningful offense. Um, not so much defense, because <laughs> um, both, both of them got hit um, a lot. I, I'll say Luque's defense is probably a little bit better. Um, Barbarina just seems like his defense was I'm just gonna eat these shots and whatever. And <laughs> I'm just keep pushing pushing forward. Um but nah man, these two, uh Luke and Barbarino just went to war back and forth, just really, really just slugging it out. And then we get to the third round and Barbarina's just he has that rep like he's just one of those guys that's insanely tough for no reason and just doesn't seem to die no matter what you throw at him and Luke managed to rock him um I was an uppercut he caught him with I can't remember like that finishing combination but he he rocked him with something that definitely like knocked his head back and they clinched Luke caught him with, I think, a, a knee coming down, and Barbarina was, like, completely out of it. Luke uh, followed up with some ground and pound, and you could just kind of tell by the way Barbarina was responding, which he kind of wasn't, like, he, he was out. Like, he was on the ground, his head was down. Like, while he was getting punched, he wasn't even really, like, moving. Like, he didn't try to roll to his back or grab a leg. Like, he kind of was just eating him. Like, that, I think that knee really... <laughs> really put him out and what makes it all the crazier is like there was only like six seconds left in the fight and th like that round was almost like, over there was a good chance Barbarina was about to win it yeah yeah so because um... so good good on luke because yeah like you said yeah when i rewatched the fight um yeah i think i did have a score for Barbarina because Barbarina to me was I thought he put a little bit more pressure, and he was landing a. Uh, they both landed a ton of hard shots, but I thought Barbarina did better with like putting combinations together. Um, I, I kind of felt like he was a bit more effective. But hey, man, the fight ain't over until it's exactly. over, and uh, <laughs> Luke leaves uh, a war and gets his hand raised, and it was a a glorious happening. If there's one fight. On this card, you go back to rewatch. This this is the one. Right. Um, I just really want to see Luke against the top dude. Like, give me Luke versus Ponzinibbio. I mean, that's what I want. 
He has a fight book though, doesn't he? Who's he? Who's he, he? I think he called out RDA. I don't know if they have, if they're making the fight though. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, yeah, um, what's Luke's uh streak now? Uh, I feel like he's got a nice. He he should have like a little decent four in a row. Um, it's Nico. Yeah, you got Nico Price. Chad Lepreze, yeah. Shaylin Turner, and now Brian Barbarino. All by stoppage, by the way. Yeah. I think he deserves like a top. And he also holds wins over, uh, also has a win over Bilal Muhammad. Right. Um, only loss as of recent was to Leon Edwards. But, yeah, I, I think he deserves like a top, top 15. He, he deserves a name. Uh, I'll say that. G g give the man a name. Clearly, he's out here finishing fights. He's just not fighting just to fight. He's trying to get guys out of there, and he's doing a pretty good job of that. Um, it's been fun watching, like, these middle, uh, like, everybody in, like, the mid-tier welterweights. Like, everybody's trying to claw up and be that next guy. And it's been fun to, to watch these guys go out and perform and see, like, who's trying to be the next of the bunch to kind of move up and, you know, potentially come that next guy. Um, so, yeah, Vicente Luque's out here, man. That that was, uh, that was a war. Yeah, no. Um, uh, oh, he's fighting Neil, bon uh, Neil Magny. Never mind. I was going to say, who, who, who's uh, Eliza Zaleski fighting? That's another guy. Okay. A couple of, of welterweights in that mid, uh, like that mid tier, who are just kind of clawing up, and you know, all, all of them out here just handling business. Um, who, who in the top fifteen do you think they could match uh, Luke up with? I guess I want to see him fight Pawns. That's it. That the one, the one that's... exciting fighter. <laughs> yeah, well, Joy. Um, hold up. Let's see. Um, because I, I, I'm, I, I, I'm, uh, I'm drawing a blank on who else is up there. Ooh, they have Jeff Neal up there. Ooh, that's that's probably a step too quick. Uh, yeah, no, it'd be Pons. It'd be Lawler. Uh, I guess Masvidal would be my third. Cause I, I, I think Luke probably starches Magni. Like, Luke Loki has some of, like, the hardest hands in the division. Yeah, man can, man can swing. And and I, I don't think Brian Barberine has been finished before. Or not, not not knocked out, I don't think. Nah, I don't think so. Yeah, not that I can remember. Dude is, dude is yeah. ridiculously tough. Um, yeah, let me pull up his record real quick. Uh, the Colby loss was a decision, and the Chad LaPriest loss was a decision. His last finish finish was in 2010. He was armbarred. <laughs> but he's never been. This is the first time, like, being knocked out. And this is the man who's, you know, he's fought some quality opponents and managed to not, you know. And we've seen it. The man is just insanely tough for no reason. He's one of those Iron Man, like. He just doesn't die, and Luke A managed to crack him. Um, so yeah, props to Luke A man. That that's an amazing fight. Definitely 
gonna be on some flight of the year, like I said, list. Maybe might not win. We'll see how the rest of the year plays out. But it, it'll at least be an honorable mention. Um, so props to Luke A finishing the fight with like six seconds left. And to round out the main card, uh, Andre Feely <laughs> versus Miles Jury. Um, all I remember from this fight was a lot of jabs. Um, so like Feely jab Miles Jury a lot. Um, I also remember the crowd being very angry at this fight. Um, yeah, like they were unusually mad. Like they, <laughs> I think it's just like I said. I think it was just the momentum of like, okay, we um, what was it? The 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 Sterling Rivera fight, and then the quick Manny Bermudez Benio Lopez fight, and then before that was you know, what was it? Was it the no? Was it the Evan Smith fight? No, that was a uh. uh... KGB. It was the KGB fight, Emmett Smith fight. Yeah, no, yeah. like that—that's a lot to. Like, it's not that they were bad fights per se, but like a lot of them felt samey. You know what I mean? And even going back to like the Lens Holtzman fight, like uh, there, there were it was a lot of competent kickboxing matches that were not Luke Barbarena. I don't know. I think those fans. Won't I mean, no. Don't get me wrong. Like, <laughs> yeah. like I, I, dude, I, I went to UFC 169 with like Kenan Burrell, Faber, um, Jose Aldo, Ricardo Lamas, and like 11 decision victories in a row or something like that. It was, it was dull, but we didn't, we we weren't out there booing every time. Like guys were just not throwing punches. They were hating to just hate. Uh, they were there the bullet last night. It was about them. Yeah. But, uh, I remember this being a, a pretty entertaining fight. Um, it also felt like one of those fights, kind of, I, I, I guess in a similar James Vick fashion, where, like, when Jerry finally decided, like, I want to pull the trigger, he could land and have good moments, but he spent a lot mm. of the fight getting his face jabbed off. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, he was in there having a good time. He was smiling, blood dripping from his nose. Uh, he, he was kind of busted up. But, um, nah, I mean, I, I don't have really a ton to dive in specifically about that fight other than, uh, you know, solid win for Feely. Um, I know he lost the last fight to Michael Johnson, but, you know, since his move to Alpha Male, he. It seems like he's getting better. Um, I don't really know how high his ceiling is. I mean, has he always been an alpha male fighter? Yeah. I, I thought no, he, was... he was there when he signed. Oh. All right, well, he's getting better then. The time has been... <laughs> the time he spent there uh, has, has done him done him right. good. Albeit, he's not, like, the most consistent. Um, you look at his last couple fights, like, he won the George fight. Lost to Johnson. Uh, before that, he won two straight. And he should have lost to Bermudez, if we're being honest. Sorry, Stokes. <laughs> so, like, he, he's in that kind of alternate win-loss, win-loss, then maybe string together a couple, then lose, then win. Um, but, not like, really solid performance for him. Um, it's kind of... Jerry's career has been kind of weird, because I remember when he came to the UFC... And I never really understood, like, the hype that he had coming in. Even though he did start off pretty good up until, uh, 
I'm gonna take credit and just say Cerrone like ended. I'm gonna say ended his career, but like he's won since then, but he hasn't been great right. since, since then. Like Cerrone kicked the life out of that man. I think. Um, like a lot of it was just being undefeated. Like he beat Michael Johnson early in his career. He beat Randy Nijum, Diego Sanchez, Takanori Gomi. Like. Uh, and the, the division wasn't as crowded as it was five years ago. Uh, as a, the division wasn't crowded five years ago as much as it is now. So like, the, like he got to fifteen zero at lightweight, which is yeah, pretty remarkable. Um, and they, like, he beat a bunch of people people knew, even managed to knock Nijam out. Like, I, I get where the hype was coming from. But like you said, it hasn't come to fruition. Um, and I don't think his move down to featherweight is helping him as much as he thinks it is. He, he honestly just—he's talented, but he just at this point he just kind of seems like another guy. Like I see him on the card, and I'm like, oh, Miles Jure, but it's kind of like, yeah, you know, not, not really moving the needle. Um, but no, nah, good, good, good win on Philly though. Uh, lots of jabs, busted up his nose. Good, good stuff. So good, good, good on Andre Philly. Isn't he a rapper? Yeah. Nah, thought he was. I couldn't remember. There he is. Nah, um, I'm not looking up his songs. I think did I look up one? Didn't you send me one? I think Stokes sent us one. Yeah, that was the thing. Athlete rappers. Stokes or Joey? That's it. Yeah, but uh, prop, props to Philly. He got the win, so that rounded out the main card. Um, I mean, all things considered, with the way this whole weekend has went in MMA, I'll take that main card. <laughs> like, Luke Barbarina was really awesome. Uh, got to see a, a Gracie in 2019 handle business. Felder uh, did his thing. Uh, the MMA gods came back to punish us in the main event, though. But you know, it, it is what it is. But on to the ESPN prelim portion of the card. Uh, headline in the prelims, we had Aljamain Sterling versus Jimmy Rivera. Um, I was actually pretty excited for the fight. Um, I, I actually enjoyed this fight, albeit it wasn't... It wasn't... I felt like it was great, but not great at the same time. Like, nobody got knocked out. Nobody got finished. But I really enjoyed what I saw from Sterling. Um... I've been saying for like for a while that I felt like Sterling has a lot of talent and I'm kind of waiting for him to see if like he can turn the corner and just kind of like actually make a a, a title run. And I, I kind of feel like maybe that's happening. I'm not saying he's going to win a title. I'm not going that far. But I'm, I'm saying that he can... If he can stay the way that he's going now, he can at least, like, start to insert himself in the conversation. Um, I think just in this fight with Rivera, like, it's just the speed, the creativeness of his striking. Um, Rivera was just never really able to get too comfortable. Um, I just, I enjoyed how active Sterling was because in a lot of other fights where he wasn't so consistent, I would watch some of his performances and it just it like just kind of left more to be desired. Like I felt like he just could have did more and he didn't. And I just enjoyed in this fight. It really like his past few like 
he seems much more alert. Um, he seems a lot more comfortable in there. Um, he's active. He, he he did a lot of things that I just I I enjoyed watching. Um, he, he kept Rivera on his toes. Rivera wasn't really able to get get too much off. Um, yeah, no, like you spent the whole fight waiting on count to counter punches that were just never gonna come. Like that was as, as a Rivera fan, that was just really frustrating. Like. You could tell Shulman was upset in the corner because he was like, you have to get any inside and throw. And, like, Rivera just had no idea how to do it. He, he just got, kept getting pressured back towards the fence where you, you don't need to throw, like, John Lineker volume to overload a counterpuncher. You can just give him, like, a whole bunch of, like, looks, uh, different looks. So you can come in to, like, kick. You can, get, like, you can bounce out of range before they're able to counter. And, and you can close distance and like make it look like you're going for a shot. Like, he even managed to drop him with like a back fist in the first round, I believe, right? I think so. So like, I think... He, so like Sterling was just on point. Like that was probably the best performance from a like quality of opponent to pro- like sticking to a game plan and not you know falling into a trap that of his whole career like. Yeah. So, so props to Sterling. It's just really frustrating as a Rivera fan. Where like, you know you're down, but you're still out here try baking on something that you spent ten minutes looking for and just never appeared. Yeah. He was never really able to like assert himself. Just, yeah. He couldn't really. He couldn't take control really like any moment. Yeah. Like, like this, this is what happens um, when you're a counterpuncher like that. Like you're yeah. exclusive counterpuncher. But like you said, good good on Aljo. That's that's a great performance. Um, he wants the Marais rematch. I don't think that's gonna happen because Marais should probably be fighting for a title soon. Um, so I don't know what you do with Aljamain. Um, you know, I I feel like after it, you know, Rivera was still a name and a guy who was like flirting at the top, or really, I guess you could say he was there at one point. Um, so Aljamain really from this point can only go up. So I don't know who they give him, but you know we'll we'll see how further he can go because the tests from this point don't don't get any easier. Um, so I don't know. I don't I don't know what you do with Aljamain. I don't know who's available. Can't picture the top of this division in my head right now. I feel like there's a lot going on. Still got Cejudo and TJ. And, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot going on at, at the top of this division, but. And this is what happens when you. Make stupid fights. Yeah. <laughs> he he creates just these log jams that don't need right. to um, But look, I mean, there's John Lineker. He's above Sterling for the moment, anyway. He'll probably be above him come Monday uh, or Tuesday. Um, I don't know. Like, you're, like, I guess the winner of Pedro Munoz, Cody Garbrandt? That could be a thing. Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind that. Either the, well, no, Lineker's uh, Lineker's book. He's got the Corey Sanhagen mm-hmm. fight. So yeah, I guess probably maybe the the Munoz uh, Garbrandt winner. Um, and the thing is, I think I think that's a good matchup because, I mean, obviously if if Cody beats Munoz, Cody has the name. He's fought for the belt twice. Um, so you got that going for you. If Munoz wins, I think that would be kind of his fight establishing himself as like, well, maybe I'm really next up because I beat a guy who challenged for the belt. And, you know, let them two have at it. And you know, we'll, we'll go from there. 
But great win from Sterling. He won uh 30-27 across the board, unanimous decision. Uh, this next fight which did not last very long. Uh, Manny Bermudez versus Benito Lopez. Uh, Manny did uh, miss weight, uh, so this fight actually took place at like 140 pounds. Yeah, um, <laughs> freaking huge. Yeah, that's 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 a no bueno, <laughs> but um, you know, is what it is, I guess. Uh, but Manny, Manny got work done. Um, I don't even remember how this even got set up, but I just remember his transition being really slick. Um, another one of those guys that like you just kind of don't want to tangle around with the grappling because if he grabs a hold of you, uh, bad things are probably right. Happen. Like a, sh- a real shame that dude couldn't make weight because that was such a slick submission and probably cost him fifty thousand yeah. um, dollars. But from what I understand, he had crucifix position. Benito Lopez tried to sit up out of it, ended up um, in the guillotine, and instead of like wrapping the body, uh, Ramirez just wrapped up his arm. Like, you know, crossed over it, like, refused to let him turn, and then just cranked on the choke. Really slick stuff. Yeah. So, well, uh, and he's he's undefeated, right? Uh, yes. He's now 15 now? 14 now, 15 now, something like that. Let's see. So, I mean, I don't know. He, he hasn't missed weight before, right? Is this his first time? I want to say. It's his first time, but he's also fought as high as like lightweight. So, all right. So hopefully he figures that out. Cause yeah, that this is a guy who has a really good amount of talent, and you wouldn't want to see him in like a gaslam situation yeah. where it's like you're talented, but your weight is just like an ongoing yeah. issue. He's fourteen and zero, and um, you know three wins in the UFC by submission. Yeah. But we'll 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 keep an eye on him. But yeah, that was a really slick submission. Good win, uh, for Manny Bermudez. So we'll keep an eye on him. See how he goes. Uh, moving down in the flyweight division, Andrea KGB Lee uh, versus Ashley Evan Smith. Um, <laughs> kind of like you said, a lot of these fights just kind of just kickboxing matches. But I really like uh what Lee was doing. She was mixing it up really well. Um, just. Body shots, head shots, um, leg kicks. She was in there, just lots of footwork, head movement. Um, she really, she was just putting it on Evans. Um, <laughs> like, I, she she just did a really good job of just mixing it up for all three rounds. Um, yeah, not not really much else to say, but like I said, just lots of footwork, head movement, slipping punches body shots i really love the body shots she was like throwing combinations to the body um it, it i enjoyed this a lot it was it was really um it was really fun to watch um so and like i said the flyweight the division that's ever growing so good good to see performances like this because you want to build up you know like formidable fighters potential contenders so you want to see performances like this 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 just put a smile on my face and her husband's still running around somewhere, though? He's in jail. Oh. I think. I don't know. I thought, I thought he was... Oh, I don't know. 
they never even mentioned it, but <laughs> I was like, isn't didn't Nikki do something? Yeah, yeah, soldier. Yeah, yeah. So it's kind of weird, like the whole broadcast goes by, and we never get you know, nobody even glosses over it. Just kind of act like it didn't happen. But um, now, well, what, what were your thoughts on the fight? Um, like it, it was kind of just white noise to me. Like, no, no, like it was a solid performance from Andre Lee, but um, I, don't know, I, I couldn't, I couldn't get past Ashley Evan Smith looking just downright unhealthy. Like, like she looked like Stefan Struve after he came back from like the the, the heart injury, uh, his heart valve like surgery, like she, just so stiff and like brittle and like kind of fragile, where like. They're so stiff that like you feel like if you poke them they would fall over. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I couldn't move past that to like actually pay attention to the fight. I was just like, wow, this this woman should go back up to one thirty five. Um But yeah, no props to KGB Lee. Like she won the fight. Um, you know, she's been going through it recently. Uh so you know, good good on her for pointing it out. Like but my recollection of like the ins and outs of this fight are just mired by the image of Ashley Evan Smith trying to throw a front kick. <laughs> well, I think it's a fight worth uh, worth rewatching. If you're if you're a KGB Lee fan, uh, you got you got your money's worth. She she put on a good performance. Um, so props to her. Uh, next fight moving down. Uh, Nick Lentz versus Scott Holtzman. No way, you were right. He's on the run. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was like. I thought you meant like, oh, he, he, he he's just chilling out at the house or whatever. No, he's on the run. They don't know where he is. Nah, he's, nah, he, yeah, yeah, he's out of here. He, um, how they haven't caught him yet, I, I don't know. But, um, uh, whatever. But, yeah, he, he, that's still a thing. But, uh, next fight... Uh, moving to the lightweight division, uh, Nick Lentz versus Scott Holtzman. I like to think of this, this was like the off-brand version of Luke and Barbarina. Um, it was like that fight, but not as good. It wasn't a bad fight. Um, to be honest, for for a fight to, of two guys who I don't really pay attention to, um, <laughs> I found myself entertained. Uh, it was pretty back and forth, lots of... Uh, mid-tier kickboxing <laughs> going on i guess but i think uh lentz uh, i think lentz just got the nod because uh aside from kickboxing he was able to to work in some grappling and some takedowns and i think that's kind of ultimately what kind of won him to fight he just had a little little more tools uh in the shed so to speak but i don't really have a ton to dissect about that fight uh well if you have anything uh, for for Mr. Lentz and Holtzman, um, like not, not nothing concrete. It's just Nick Lentz, just one of those dudes who is out here, um, just being crafty. Like he understands how to break other fighters' rhythms, especially dudes like Scott Holtzman, who who I'm gonna say it, Scott Holtzman's gotten better, but he's not quite there yet as a um, as a, like a technical fighter. Like he's getting better at applying his athleticism and his toughness to, to, to fight situations, but here, like, Lentz was just able to take him out of his element long enough to win two rounds. And that's, that's 
just solid veteranship from the dude. Like, um, and the crowd did not appreciate it. No, they did not. Yeah, they rewarded Lance's hard work and. <laughs> Like I said, not not to undersell the fight because it was a good fight, but like the the crowd was just yeah, like, it was alright. Like I don't get like and that's the thing. Like this is why you know the crowd was bad because it was coming off of like two quick first round finishes or something, or not right. first round, but like two finishes and a combined like ten minutes of fighting. Yeah, and it was like Linton Holtzman would just throw leather, and as soon as somebody clinched, it was instant booing. Like they wouldn't even let Linton work. Like, as soon as he goes for a cleanse, it's just instant booing. Like, I don't, I don't know what you guys in Phoenix wanted. Y'all are trash. Um, but congrats to Lentz. Uh, impressive performance uh, getting the decision over Scott Holtzman. And uh, finishing out the card, uh, two early ESPN Plus prelims, which I missed in real time because I was streaming Resident Evil 2. Shameless plug, if you want to watch me play that. I stream on weekends, once a week normally. Um, you can follow me on Twitch at Serial Sensei. Watch him be scared while I play that game. But I missed these fights in real time because I was streaming. I didn't realize the car started so early. <laughs> but um, Luke Sanders versus Hennon Burrell. I mentioned a while ago that these are two of like the most unluckiest fighters ever, and I was really intrigued <laughs> to see how this fight was gonna play out. And it, it, I can't say I predicted this, but this is just. I don't know that there were many other ways this fight could have ended. Just, just because of the two, the, who these two gentlemen are and how their careers have gone thus far, um, Luke Sanders can never seem to catch a break, and Hennon Burrell has been on one of the most historic downslides I've, I think I've ever seen. Um, who didn't one of them miss weight? Hennon uh, Burrell missed by like three, uh, two or three pounds. Yeah, so throw that in there for what it's worth. Um, but I mean, first round Burrell looked pretty good uh he was landing some decent combinations um he landed a lot of body kicks um like an absurd amount <laughs> of body kicks he was catching sanders with um so like in the first round you look at burrell like all right you know i see you burrell <laughs> like, you know you're doing, you're doing some decent work out here and but he landed something like 12 to 13 body kicks on Sanders, had him visibly hurt at multiple points, and 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 then the and then the second round started. Yeah, see, and th this is where, listen, man, cor corner advice is so important. Because um, I remember during the broadcast, they they told, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but they they told Luke Sanders like, bro, you just you need to push forward, like stop letting him back you up, push forward and just. Let your hands go. And that's exactly what he did. And it worked to a T. Like, he, 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 he literally... immediately proceeded to start beating Hendon Burrell's ass. Right. <laughs> like, it, it was like, it was instantaneous. Like, they were like, yo, push forward. He was like, word? Okay. He starts to push forward. And immediately you see the positive effects. He's starting to land. He's doubling up. He's he's catching Burrell like every three seconds with something, and then next thing you know, one two Burrell goes down, ground and pound. Goodbye, Burrell. And I'm happy that Luke Sanders finally caught a break because, like I said, man, if I, I was a fan of Luke Sanders back in LFA, I still remember watching the night 
that RFA went against Legacy, and they had their uh, co-promotion card, and Luke Sanders fought Terry and Ware, and Luke Sanders gave him the business. And I, I thought Luke Sanders would do really well in the UFC. I thought he'd be really solid. And he always would put on performance where he would start off great and then somehow get finished. <laughs> Glad he just caught a break in one. Um, but as for Burrell, um, I... I don't even really know what to say. Stop I, fighting. <laughs> like, I mean, it's cold. Said this was his last fight at one thirty-five. So, just I don't know. I, 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 but did, didn't he fight? Um, he fought. He fought Stevens that featherweight. Lost that one. I mean, yeah, but like that was actual like competitive fight where he almost won. That is true. That is true. Wait, this wait, there's oh, no yeah. way this is true, right? Hold up. Was Cron Gracie really the first Gracie to win a fight in the UFC in like twenty five years? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is all facts, sir. That is all facts. That is absurd. <laughs> That is all facts. <laughs> oh, man. But, uh, yeah, Burrell, that makes it four losses in a row. He lost to Aljo. He lost to Kelleher. He lost to Ewell. And now he got put away by Luke Sanders. So, yeah, you got to think for him next, man. Try featherweight again. See if it works out. Try not to get if booked not. against the one dude. Uh, well, not the one dude, but... Try not to get booked against somebody who is literally the worst possible stylistic matchup for you. Coming off of, like, some severe knockout losses. Like, please. Yeah. Take your time. Either that or we'll see Burrell and Bare Knuckle fighting next. That's, that's the move, apparently. Yeah, he, he's from Brazil. He can go do Muay Thai or something. That's true. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, Barrow's fall off has been just kind of really bizarre to watch. And not to go off on a side tangent, because I, I saw a post fooling around about like, oh, well, he fell off because during his run, you know, the division wasn't as stacked as it was now when he's fighting nobodies. And albeit, yes, the division is better now than when he was on his run. But he was still fighting like competent fighters, like, you can't tell me, like, Luke Sanders isn't, you know, light years above, I don't know, Eddie Wineland, <laughs> Brad Pickett. Like, uh, I'm not going that far. I don't know. I think they're in a similar... Luke, Luke Sanders is better, but it's, I don't think they're, like, worlds apart, to be honest. Like, I don't think that gap is so crazy that it explains how bad Burrell is, you know... I don't know. TJ ruined that man's life. That's that's all I got for that. Um, I think TJ ruined his life. Yeah, not like not even just TJ, but like the beatings mixed with the weight cut. Like this was this was the like the, they don't help each other. Yeah, and the weight cut's been a thing for a while. Like he, yeah, that's always kind of been a an issue for him. I don't know. I don't know. Um, we'll see. We'll, we'll see. But Luke Sanders, 
finally catches a break. <laughs> so I'm happy for Cool Hand Luke. Um, good, good win, sir. Glad, glad to see you in the win column. And the uh, last fight uh, of the evening, Emily Whitmire versus Alexandra Albu. Um, remember, Albu came out with hands and then it eventually like went to the ground really quick. Um, I really enjoyed the finish because Whitmire had like had top position. Albu like kicked her off. And in that split second moment where like she's trying to get up, Whitmire just grabs her back. <laughs> like just rushes her and grabs her back and sinks in a rear naked choke. Um, so good, good on Whitmire. I like the I don't know, alertness, I guess. Like that was a really quick moment that she was able to take advantage of. Uh, Albo, Albo, Albo. Uh, I didn't imagine she'd be that bad on the ground. <laughs> uh, uh, no, just props to Whitmire. She's like 2-0 and oh in the UFC now. Or 2-1, and one, I guess. She's out here proving Vinny Megalhish wrong. <laughs> oh, man. There's a story behind that, uh, but I'm just not... I'm, I'm too lazy to tell it. Um, oh, hold on. Oh, she's the one who had yes. beef with him. Oh, okay, yeah. I do. Okay, now I remember her. Okay, yeah, I do remember that. I don't remember what the beef was, but she, she made it a uh, Vinny backed... Was the corner for, like, one of the girls she fought. Um... Oh yeah, yeah. After he told her that she wouldn't, he wouldn't take the job, and then she finds out like the week of the fight that he's going to be near her corner. So, um, good job, on good job, yeah. Um, yeah, no, I'm, I, I, I have nothing to add. That that fight was that fight. It was really quick. Yeah. I mean, good, good <laughs> on women like finishing at strawweight. It does wonders for your uh, for your stock. Yeah, as Joey likes to point out. Um, so you know, it, she did nothing but help herself. Yeah. And that division, like I said, man, that that division is really exciting. I like uh, from from the top to bottom, just a lot of young talent. Um, I, I think, like in a few years, when it even fills out even more, like that might be one of the best. Could be like become one of the best divisions. I, I, I like what they have going on down there. But um, yeah. So that was UFC on ESPN one. Um. O overall, I thought it was actually like a really good card. The main event, um, like you said, probably not what ESPN wanted. <laughs> um, like, I mean, it's what they should have expected, though. So that's yeah, on them. Like you don't want. You you don't want the MMA god showing up on the first ESPN card. Like, can y'all not? Can y'all wait till like the third or you know fourth? You know, but but you know maybe they're just you know they had to introduce themselves too. They had to let ESPN know like we're around and you just had to deal with us. Um, also, in addition to all the other things you'll have to consider. You signed up for this, but pain. um, yeah, this comes with the money. Like, you know, this is that clause in the back of the contract in really small font that you guys didn't read. Um. <laughs> this, this was this was that, but not like r really. I I enjoy the card. Um, I like the ESPN platform. I enjoy that. Um, these fights are easily accessible. Um, I'm not switching to 80 different stations to watch a card. It's a nice one centralized location. The presentation is clean. Um, 
the cards seem to flow a bit faster. Um, I, I think this is going to be good for the UFC. I like this. So far, this has been a, a pretty pleasant experience. I've, I've enjoyed this ESPN crossover, so um, I hope they continue. I, I, I like how this is going. But, yeah, good good, good card, man, for their first card, albeit the main event was what it was. But um, if you missed it, definitely fight to go back and watch. Go watch Luke Barbarina. Um, watch Paul Vick. I mean, I said Paul Vick, <laughs> Paul Felder, and and James Vick. Um, yeah, there there are a lot of there was there were some good happenings on this card worth going back to check out if you missed it. Um, so that was UFC on ESPN one. Um, overall, like I said Bellator was kind of meh. Um, I enjoyed the one card from the bits I saw and the victor was cool. Um, overall the weekend was just okay, but I did like the UFC card, so I guess that kind of made it all better. Um, maybe not all better, but it, it ended on a good note. And, uh, next week on the 23rd... UFC uh, goes to Prague. Yeah. Yeah, then. I don't know why. What happened? <laughs> but they there. And we'll have, uh, the all-violence king, Thiago Santos, headlining against Jan Blahowicz, also in a co-main event. Perryan and John Dotson. We've got Stefan Struve on the card. Uh, Liz Carmouche is back on the card. Daniel Tamor. Um... Looks like a decent time. Um, what time is that card? Because uh, I, I don't think it, it's going to be on Fight Pass. Uh, not Fight Pass. So ESPN Plus, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, I probably should have looked up a time because I'd imagine. That All right, hold on. I'm, 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 a, I'm a detective it because these things are always hard to freaking find out. Yeah. It's like they never posted until like the day before. He's like, oh yeah, not only is our car tomorrow, it's at like 1 o'clock in the afternoon, so. Yeah, good luck. <laughs> Have fun figuring out what time that is in your neighborhood. Um, right. Blahowicz Santos, Saturday, February 23rd, 2 p.m. Eastern Time, main card. Ooh. Okay, so I'm going to miss some of this, because I'll be at work. <laughs> so. I don't get off until 3.30. All right, let's, let's see. Main uh, prelims start at 11 o'clock a.m. Wait, Pacific time? Oh, that's... Oh, wait, wait. Main card, okay. Prelims start 11 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. All right, so part of this card I'll have to sneak and watch at work. Then when I get home, I'll catch the rest, and I'll probably have to... All, all of it's on ESPN+, Plus, so... All right, cool. But that'll make it easily rewatchable because then you can just go back and and watch. And those ESPN Plus streams, boy, they they are crisp. <laughs> Them bad boys are yeah. clean. Uh, um, uh, why is Marcos Rogerio de Lima the co-main event of ever, anything? Like, oh no, he's not co. He's, no, uh, he's a co-main event. No, John and Dot. No, look at the the main card thing right now. It's they're not even the poster. It's Steph. It's Blahovich Santos. What? Struve, uh, the Lima, and is John Dotson? Is that no, it happened? is. It's just not like the coming event. Oh, that's that's. What is that going? What is what is going on? What is... I mean, they're gonna have us wait around all morning so we can watch Marcos Rosario de Lima. Lord, all right, that sucks. But either way, um, it it looks like a decent card. Not you know, a ton of star power, but. Uh, you know, we'll we'll see how it turns out. I'm mostly looking forward to 
obviously Tiago Santos and, and Perion. Everybody else just kind of is what it is. But uh, that's that's going down um, next week, yeah. so you guys can look out for that. Um, so, yeah, always a lot of fights going on. Plenty, plenty of punches and kicks to be had. So, um, you know, we'll, we'll always be here to keep you guys up to date. But that is pretty much it for today's episode. So, uh, as always, we'll end with parting shots. And shout-outs, um, I, I guess I'll just give a shout-out to the NBA All-Star Weekend. I didn't get a chance to watch everything, um, but shout-out to Joe Harris, uh, who beat Steph Curry in a three-point contest. I did watch the three-point contest. That was pretty, always watch, enjoy watching that, just see how, like, how much many people can hit in a row. But, uh, uh congrats to, to Joe Harris from the Brooklyn Nets, uh, who beat Steph Curry, um, shout outs to, uh, the gentleman from, oh god, what, from OKC, he's from OKC, uh, Dalu, why is he not on this page? <laughs> I can't, I can't find him. the <laughs> um, man, you guys saw the highlight, the, the guy who jumped over Shaq and did the Vince Carter elbow in the rim, um, that was pretty dope, um. In a, a contest, a dunk contest that wasn't, like, great all the way, but he was showing out. Um, to do that over Shaq's back, and I saw people complaining, like, oh, well, he touched Shaq's back when he jumped. Listen, half of y'all can't even jump over your couch, so I don't want to hear it. Listen, he jumped over Shaq's back, so what, maybe he grazed him a little bit. It was still impressive. Um, so that dunk was crazy. Shout-outs to him. And shout-outs to Dirk, Nowitzki, uh, and Dwayne Wade who have kind of just this year been making their, um, you know, they, they're getting like their grand finale. Um, they got to be in the All-Star weekend. Um, so it's just dope to see them get sent out the uh, the right way. Like two all-time great players um, who've had a lot of good games, have had great careers. Good, good to see them just like kind of have like this final hoorah um, and be able to leave, you know, gracefully. So, shout-outs to them, man. Like I said, two all-time great players. Um, and I'm, I'm glad they're getting sent out the right way. And they're, they're getting, like, a lot of love and appreciation. So that, that's, that's dope to see. Um, I don't have any shots. Um, nobody got me too angry this week. So, I'm, I'm, I'm cool on that front. So, that's that's all I got for parting shots and shout-outs. Um, yeah, we need to talk about boxing. So, shout-outs to, you know, um, Rob Brandt, who won his fight on Friday on ESPN. Uh, Michaela Mayer, who also won her fight on the undercard for that fight. Um, I think it was also aired on ESPN. And then shout out to, um, uh, if you guys didn't see it, go check out Leo Santa Cruz versus Rafael, uh, Rafael Rivera. It was on the, it was on Fox on Saturday. It was a pretty good card, a fight. Um, it's a very Leo Santa Cruz fight. He throws literally a thousand plus punches. None of them land very hard, but like he, he he's a scrapper, so he's fun, fun times. Um, I don't know. Shots at like the the passage of time for not being very manipulative, malleable to my wishes because <laughs> kind of wish I was done with school already. How much longer you got? Let's see. I'm on week four out of week fifteen weeks, so. I'm almost one third of the way there. You got this. 
That was a good note. Shout out to France. Uh, I'm on ESPN. Uh, the French, the French fencing body recognizes lightsaber dueling as a sport. As it should. So, so <laughs> that's pretty awesome. Shout out to Kaepernick for getting the bag from the NFL. Yeah, shout out to Kaepernick. It's forgot, completely forgot about that story. But uh, yeah, quick note for you guys who don't know if you follow the NFL, even if you don't, you've heard about this story. Um, the NFL settled with Kaepernick out of court. Um, they're not allowed to say how much they gave him because there's a confidentiality, uh, confidentiality clause in the ruling or whatever. But it's been estimated, rumored that he probably got anywhere between fifty and eighty million, uh, which more than makes up for like the two years he's been out of the league. Um, and if you know the NFL, they don't really settle out of court. Um, so I think that's kind of telling. That they settled. I don't think it's because they had a kid. Like, well, I should let me rephrase. They probably did have, like, there probably was a case. They probably would have fought it. But if we're being real, they did it so they did get all their text messages blown up all over the place. Like, Donald Sterling did. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, yeah. Even if they would have, like, somehow won, there would have been probably stuff and information that would have came out that probably would have made them look really bad. And, Uh, you know. So you might as well settle and stop that. A whole that. bunch of hard R words. Like, <laughs> if we're being real. Yeah. There's a bunch of 80-year-old men. Yeah. And there's a black kid. Yeah. yeah. Not, 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 not what you want to happen. Okay. And I don't follow football, so I don't know how true this is, but there is a rumor that one of the teams that is looking into Colin Kaepernick. Yeah, they sent the pain. Yes. That, yeah, I, I haven't I haven't followed that closely, so I don't know how true that is. But that would be crazy if Kaepernick is the one who takes over takes over after Brady leaves, <laughs> and especially if Bill Belichick is still the coach. Cap could win a ring there if if Belichick stays. We'll see. That's that's a whole nother discussion but shout out to cap he got the bag i'm all, I'm all for people he never paid. has to work another day in his life yeah so. if he didn't already so well, yeah all, all, all for that um, stick it to the man when you can but that's been it for today's show man we covered a lot of cards um we did go over three hours but not not a ton we had like 317 i don't think that's bad considering we had to cover like four cards um so you know Bellator cards, man, Victor was cool, UFC was cool, but the main event is what it is, like I said, the MMA guys came through, and if you fought in the main event this weekend, um, outside of the MVP daily fight, you were in trouble, the MMA guys were angry for whatever reason, they started throwing the hammer around, and if you got hit, you just got hit, but cool night of fights, man, go back, watch whatever you're interested in, just watch Bellator at your own risk, minus a few fights, but, um, Nah, man. As always, it's been another episode of the Dojo Talk Podcast. Give us a listen. SoundCloud, YouTube, iTunes, Spotify, Google Play. Follow the Dojo Talk Podcast Facebook group and also follow the Dojo Talk Podcast Instagram page. Send questions to Dojo Talk Podcast at yahoo.com and follow me on Twitter at Serial Sensei if you feel inclined to do so. And also follow me on Twitch at Serial Sensei to watch me play video games. But... As always, anytime people are being punched and or kicked in the face, 
we will be there to talk about it. And until next time, we will catch you guys later.